0: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome in to a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We are coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are live online at PR927FM.com. You can also find us on 1250 and 930, and you can watch today's show on facebook live and on youtube subscribe to pirate radio tv on youtube and make sure you are following us all week long with our coach and player interviews which you can watch in their entirety at pirate radio tv on youtube we got another edition of pirate radio trivia coming up this week presented by white claw so make sure you're uh, locked and loaded on our youtube page for all of our videos here at pirate radio all right we got a lot to get to on a monday edition of pirate radio live we will check in with double b brian bailey coming up in about 30 minutes we'll talk pirates we'll talk high school football and his dallas cowboys uh, coming up tonight right here on pirate radio on monday night football we'll talk about it all with double b we'll have part one of our nfl recap at around 350 part two of that towards the tail end of our number two of today's show at four o'clock we'll uh open up the players lounge with rajay harris and tyler sneed couple of pirate offensive players that picked up a win on saturday night we will talk to a couple of pirate defensive players at around 4 20 xavier smith and bruce Bivens as they will join us here inside the players lounge at five o'clock troy d will be alongside we'll talk to east carolina quarterback holton nailers and at 5 30 pirate receiver cj johnson as it is players lounge monday here on the show We got Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, and alongside to kick off today's program, Ellerby. Hello, Jonathan. What's up, Clipper? Victory Monday, back-to-back weeks. That is true. Not all Victory Mondays are created equal. No. Last Monday's felt a little bit better than this one. It was a
2: comeback Victory Monday. It was kind of a... Well, we had to come back in this one, too. Hold on to your pants.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Victory Monday. Uh, uh, Not a... uh, Two two wins in a row, Ellerby. That's a good thing. That's positive. Two and two in September, and uh, you can you'll take that and and run with it. But uh, a lot of upset fans on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter Collins show about how that game was won and how close that game was against Charleston Southern. Uh, I was not expecting a close
2: game. Was not expecting <clears throat> to walk into Dowdy Thickland Stadium and watch uh, Charleston Southern pretty much do whatever they want in the first quarter and uh, jump out to a uh, just a solid. 14-0 lead. Now, obviously, we all know what happens, and uh, the Pirates bounce back, but uh, it, it was a little shocking, and uh, people were getting uh, unsettled in the thick on Saturday <clears throat> trying to figure out what the heck was going on. All in all, the Pirates did win. They are sitting at 2-2 two and two as they turn to page to October, which I would think as uh, East Carolina goes into this two-lane game, it, it is absolutely just huge uh, for, for setting the tone for the final eight games of the season, especially with it being a home game, 3.30 kickoff. The, the weather looks about the same as it was this past weekend. Um, so uh, if you want to be a part of the solution, get into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and help cause some havoc to uh, be the 12th man on Saturday. And uh, maybe that can be that extra edge that uh, the Pirates need to get that uh, win over the Green Wave, who are going to come in here and be a tough foe. Uh,
3: Igo and Ronnie Woodward have mentioned this several times in the past. It seems like Tulane is always the pivotal game on the schedule, and we have not been able to get over that hump, and it has led to a losing season for the Pirates. If you win this one, you've got three super winnable games left on the schedule with South Florida, Temple, Navy. You win this game, you start really – thinking about a bowl, ellerby I mean, that's how big this one is uh, coming up on Saturday when the green wave come to town.
2: Well, I think we all talked, and uh, I think everybody wanted to be 3-1, and best-case scenario coming out of September, but I think you almost have to have a, and it's not a great mindset, but a 2-2 two and two mindset in the month of uh, <clears throat> October with uh, winning both of your home games. And uh, maybe, maybe if you can get lucky, steal one uh, at Central Florida or at Houston, which is going to be just extremely tough.
3: Yeah, uh, and you could potentially get one of those. But right now, uh, Tulane next on the docket. The Green Wave will come in a four-point favorite, three-and-a-half-ish. I haven't seen what it is today, but started at four, which is a a pretty fair number. Now, Tulane does come in at one and three. And you look at their schedule, they were probably hoping for the same Pirate fans where, you know, we got to get to somehow two and two in September tough to win in norman that game was supposed to be at yulman stadium in new orleans but with the hurricane got pushed to norman uh we saw what happened they had a chance there at the end of the game to pull off a massive upset couldn't do it so they lose that one they get rolled up on by old miss give up a ton of points to them uh and lost on saturday to uab that's kind of like their marshall game uab is a good team uh, but tulane was hoping they can win that game especially at home they did not so they come in now pretty desperate at one and three ready to get a bad taste out of their mouths from what happened to them against the blazers on saturday
2: yeah absolutely uh it's it they, they got their backs against the wall as well and uh, it's just going to be a pivotal game in greenville for uh, both <clears throat> these teams as uh, they head into the start of conference play and uh it's very concerning uh the way the pirates started against charleston southern because i don't think against any american team you want to spot somebody 14 points it, it may be tough to come back against uh some of these uh final eight teams if uh, you get down 14 nothing in the first quarter
3: yeah i mean east carolina has played two good quarters of football offensively this year and sprinkled in with some decent performances sprinkled sprinkled in with some awful performances so it's it's tough to kind of get, get confidence right now in what this offense can do against the Tulane team, which normally, and especially against East Carolina, has a pretty solid defense. But you look at the fourth quarter against Marshall, the second quarter against Charleston Southern, outside of that, East Carolina has been you know, either average or much below average offensively the remaining quarters of the 2021 season thus far. Well, and the defense did not, like, it was not anything to brag about in that first
2: quarter against Charleston Southern either. I mean, they they kind of carved up what they wanted to do and went right down the field and uh, got up, you know, 14 nothing. So uh, the, the start to the game... Um, you know, coming up against Tulane is going to have to be better offensively, <laughs> defensively, and uh, it, it's just, you're just going to have to play better football as, as we head into conference games. And as you mentioned, this being a home game, I, this is just so pivotal um, for this program to really set the tone of, of, of getting a win. And then uh, going on the road the following week. But uh, absolutely, 100% focused on Tulane and uh, a lot of redemption. I know uh, overlooking this Tulane Green Wave team. And uh, it's, it's going to be a tough game. And uh, the Pirates better be practicing hard and scheming and coming up with a system to, uh, to, to, to beat Tulane.
3: Yeah, um, the defense gave up 536 yards to an FCS team. So if you thought by me saying the offense didn't look good was propping up the defense, you're wrong. Right. I that was, I, I was just done. being sure.
2: <laughs> I just hear a lot of people are, and, and look, the offense, offense does deserve criticism, but the defense wasn't anything to like, you know, be like, ooh, sure i am glad we no, had those criticize guys. Criticize
3: whatever you like. Right. It was
2: not not now, pretty. Now, with that being said, another big play by Keaton Mitchell. <clears throat> what what an awesome run and speedster that kid is, and then the pick six, just a tremendous uh, part
3: of that victory on Saturday. Finally, so, saw a big play to C.J. Johnson for the first time in 2021. Yeah,
2: and excited that uh, East Carolina football, you know, is two and two. And you know, honestly, I mean, the tailgating was tremendous on Saturday. The crowd was great. They improved on the the game operations, uh, from what I could tell. Um, I, I just feel like. Hey, look! Let's do it again this Saturday, and uh, Pirate fans, get out there and and, and enjoy it. And hopefully, you know, it'll be easier on the eyes. And uh, whether it's a one point win or or ten or twenty point, if they come out and go crazy or whatever, you know, get out there. I think I think it's going to be. That was the great thing about tailgating on Saturday. It was like man. This is like I really it's like you finally got to soak it in the way the temperature was, the, the crowd, the vibe out there. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. 330 kickoff this week, not a nooner. This is I mean, this is kind of like what we dream about uh, when it when it comes to ECU football. So hopefully the uh, four quarters that uh, everyone pays to see will
3: live up to the expectations of what Pirate fans want. And an opportunity for East Carolina to do something they have not done in a long time. That's have a winning record uh, during the month of October. Let's see. East Carolina on October 3rd, 2015, went to 3-2, and Ellerby with a win over SMU. Uh, Big James Summers game that day. Mm-hmm. So that was October 3rd. This year on October 2nd, East Carolina going to try to get to 3-2 and two and have a winning record that late in the year. Uh, since 2015. It has been a while. Yep. I'm uh,
2: hoping good outcomes for you and Weaver, too, on the fifth quarter. It's been a very entertaining four weeks so far, listening to the uh, great job on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and then the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. So uh, certainly a lot of angles, a lot of stuff to talk about. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned Tulane. I mean, they've kind of been a team that's been displaced, you know, with uh, the hurricane and a lot of road games and and a real tough opponents playing at Oklahoma and at Ole Miss. So uh, certainly – I'm I, I setting up for a, a fun Saturday, or is sh- hopefully a good matchup between two teams that I hope are evenly matched. I hope East Carolina is not overmatched by Tulane because we've certainly seen them have uh,
3: more fun of, of recent times uh, when they've played the Pirates. East Carolina, a four-point home underdog on Saturday. The total is at 64, and this math is easy to do. They're basically saying 34-30. to 30. Game. I mean, do you trust East Carolina to get thirty points right now? No, I do not. I <laughs> and do not. it doesn't mean they can't. But we can only base it off what we've seen through the first four weeks. Do you think East Carolina wins a game if they if they if the point total goes over on Saturday? That will probably be their only chance to win. Okay. because I don't know if our defense can hold them under thirty points. Okay. So you're expecting another Marshall score? I don't know. High scoring game. I, I, Or a two lane win where East Carolina doesn't get to the mid 20s. You know, I have not come up with a score yet, Ellerby. Right. Uh, The game is still being played in my. Uh, scrambled egg brain. Now, the
2: Clip Rock Sportsbook uh, said 28 points would have been the point spread when uh, yeah. Charles, against Charleston Southern. Where did you have... I mean, you already knew the line for Tulane before we got on the air this week. Uh, how do you feel about this line? Is it too yeah. high, too low, just right? How, what's your gut feeling? I was thinking say? more
3: maybe a field goal, but yeah, I got... In fact, I corrected uh, Billy Weaver on the air in the pregame when he said EC would be favored against Tulane, and uh Said no. Tulane's yeah. going to be favored over East Carolina, so yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's about right. I don't know. What do you think? I, I would
2: have had what a. What were big, you thinking? I would have probably had a little bit higher. Okay. Maybe Tulane. Just uh, I just just the way the Pirates, you know, won, but then they struggled last week, and I just I think, you know, of course I haven't, you know, I saw the scores of Tulane. I watched Tulane play Oklahoma that day, and I was really rooting for them. I thought they were going to pull the upset in Norman. I mean, they were going toe to toe with the Sooners, but. Uh, it, it
3: you know, Tulane's what? offense has not really shown up in a real game since September fourth against Oklahoma. So that was forty to thirty-five. The next week they played Morgan State, they rolled up sixty nine on them. But then they lost to Ole Miss sixty one to twenty one. And then they lost the UAB 28 to UAB 28-21. to So they themselves have had trouble uh, getting to the mid-20s these last couple of weeks. Does that make you
2: nervous that <laughs> that the point spread is so high, the over-under so high, they've only been at 21 the last few weeks, that they're thinking, oh boy, this could spike really high when they come to Greenville,
3: that the green wave. Well, yeah, East made- Carolina gave up 405 passing yards on Saturday, uh, a ton of yards against Marshall. The only team we've really held down was South Carolina and their coach playing quarterback. So your biggest concern offense or defense going into Tulane game? It's, it's it's still the offense right now. Okay. It's still the offense. The offense. Yeah, just uh I don't know, man. Just looks kind of clunky, shaky, nothing nothing looks smooth. They they, they, they don't
2: the seem field. to get in a very good rhythm
3: Not at, at all. for for over the course of a long period of time. No. Um but And that's a, that's that is very concerning it because we do our brown and wood drive the game yes on the post game show and you know we're looking for drives and things like that east carolina i'll say this they're they're fun they have a lot of big plays uh they had a 74 yard touchdown run by keaton mitchell and a 60 yard uh, touchdown pass from ehlers to johnson their other drive touchdown drive offensively was five plays 55 yards in a minute 56 that ended with the Mason Garcia touchdown so East Carolina has hit big plays we've seen it with Keed Mitchell and others but uh, they have struggled to put together time-consuming smooth drives as you as you would say has anybody said anything about Mason Garcia all he does is
2: score touchdowns uh you just said it he touches the football all he does is score touchdowns that's sh- what that's what he's done so far in 2021.
3: I'm sure there is a message boarder posting that
2: somewhere. <laughs> Definitely, I, I think uh, all that stuff you just said. Also, the other thing that was concerning, I saw Igo, I believe, tweet it, and I, I want to believe this is right that he said that East Carolina's like 30% on third down. Oh yeah, which, which is not Awful. very good, and that we've had like 80 third down attempts or something. It was it was something really scary, which means East Carolina does seem to get into a lot of third down situations. Uh, which gets back to your drive scenario, five, five plays, fifty five yards. It's not like East Carolina's going ten plays or twelve plays and 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 banging in a touchdown or a field goal. so uh, the the offense, uh, the three and outs have been concerning as well. So uh,
3: yeah, we had some calls on that. Look, the defense gave up what they did. but with all those three and outs and your own and even your touchdown drives are that fast, the defense is on the field forever. And so uh, those guys are getting gassed out there, and that has led to uh, to at least some of the issues on the defensive side. Of yeah, the I think. Uh, I mean, I I don't want to
2: wish my week away till Saturday, but uh, I'm really chomping to see what East Carolina can do to make adjustments and uh, get ready for conference play because it's on now. And as you said, this game is so critical because if you win this one, uh, you get to three and two. And uh, it, it sets up nice for a chance for those other three wins in the next seven games. If you want to, if if the goal is to get to the bowl, and the goal uh, is the bowl, the goal is a bowl, and uh, which would be a tremendous stride for this program in year three of Mike Houston. But uh, <clears throat> it, it starts with Tulane. If we were talking about Cincinnati rolling in town this weekend, I mean, we would be like, whew. You know they're going to play Notre Dame, and they got, you know, their, their sights set on a, a real big prize. But uh, right now, I mean, the, the schedule set up for a, a game in Greenville at three thirty on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. It's 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 going to be fun to watch. I hope uh, to, to see what this Pirate team can do
3: uh, and, and show some grit. East Carolina's defense third downs uh, allowing twenty out of fifty six attempts. That's thirty six percent. That's not bad defensively. Um, East Carolina's offense: eighteen of sixty on the year, thirty percent on third downs. Eighteen of sixty, so it wasn't eighty. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, not good,
2: Bob. That's not that's not the numbers you want to see. So, uh, faster start uh, of, of making you know consistency of of just being able. It seems like they want to do the ball control, but all the numbers you just read of the drives doesn't seem that 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 adds up.
3: Yeah, East Carolina had scored the first touchdown in every game up until Saturday. And, of course, Charleston Southern put the first two on the board. So, the starts have been okay. I will say, I guess I was uh, misled throughout most of last week. by The the players I talked to and the people who I talked to who I talked to the coaches, because all I heard was, you know, we celebrated the win, but now we're focused on Charleston Southern. We're going to take them seriously. Uh, we've had a good week of practice, all that. And then coming up today, you'll hear in the players' lounge, and we've heard, you know, Mike Houston kind of allude to it that uh, they got to have a better week of preparation. They did not have a good week of preparation, they did not take Charleston Southern seriously enough. So I guess there was some of that going on last week. Well,
2: I don't know how
3: this program doesn't take i don't either i mean it's just every every business
2: is serious business when it comes to the way this program you know you just we we're not in a position to overlook anyone and and i want to give hats off to charleston southern too i mean they came in and uh their quarterback was 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 fun to watch i mean if you could
3: pick a quarterback we faced this year would you take bryce from app state who was pretty good uh the coach from south carolina who was not good uh, the the coach. <laughs> who do we have at Marshall? Oh, the uh, the kid at Marshall who just threw it fifty yards every time. He's got a cannon for an arm. Or Chambers, the quarterback on Saturday. I'm not thinking twice and I'm grabbing Chambers and I'm rolling in the town with a fun offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he had the legs and the arms, So, uh I mean, he he was carving up East Carolina like a turkey on Thanksgiving, but I mean, it was I mean, they were they were impressive to to the not the fun eye of a Pirate fans, but uh we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know what the quarterback situation's like at Tulane, but They uh, have a very good quarterback th- in Michael Pratt. They have a mobile quarterback. Or is he, uh, is he, he's more of a drop-back guy. I think I remember watching him now in the Oklahoma games. So.
3: He's got a great arm and uh, can do it with his legs as well. He came up, what, like a half-yard short at yeah. the end of that Oklahoma game? Literally like a yard short. He's a really good quarterback. I remember
5: him last year because I actually went to the Tulane game after the pregame show, and I remember thinking, man, this kid is really good, and found out that he was a freshman. So he's got many more years in uh, – in New Orleans
2: well and Willie Fritz has done a hell of a job down at Tulane I mean he he's kind of gone in there and and built a great program it's been just very I mean Tulane's just been a solid program I mean they've they've been going to bowl games and as I said they're they are solid in the middle of the pack of the American where East Carolina has been uh, in the basement trying to uh, trade places with them and uh, this is a game that if you want to trade places you got to send them to one and four and East Carolina's got to go to three and two
3: Redbeard says that Charleston Southern played up to their Super Bowl billing. Mike Houston said it would be their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they were ready to try to get that Super Bowl ring. East Carolina now uh, one and one in Super Bowls this year. Billy Weaver said this was App State Super Bowl Week One. Uh, App State won that ring, and then East Carolina, according to Mike Houston, won a Super Bowl. On, uh, Are there Saturday. any more Super Bowls this year? I sure hope
2: not. I, I think two's enough. What if what if East Carolina is playing undefeated Cincinnati? The that's our weekend, Super Bowl. Is that going to be a Super it If we're 5-6 and six going into that game, is that a Super Bowl?
3: Luke Fickle is going to say this is their Super Bowl, and all of our fans are going to get mad at it. So mm-hmm. that's how it's going to go. He's
2: also going to say we're a great team.
3: Oh, this is uh, one of the best teams on paper I've seen. Their, their stats and their record doesn't <laughs> indicate how good they are. They put their pants on the same
5: you way we like do. It. A, you sound like an FBS head coach.
2: Thank you. I think— I think we all have to pull for an 11-0 Cincinnati to come in to Greenville, North Carolina. I hope they beat Notre Dame this weekend. I mean, it's just—that would be I tremendous. Too. I mean, I wonder what kind of time slot or TV slot will East Carolina-Cincinnati
3: gets. Will
2: Because yeah. that's still a Friday or Saturday game. Yeah.
3: It's just a shame that we're not going to have a full house to see it, you know? Well, you don't know that yet. Yes, I do. You, it's after Thanksgiving, Ellerby. We've never had a good crowd for game after Thanksgiving. Oh, I know, but what if they? What what if? All right, Troy. Anything's yeah. possible. Anything's right. just possible. Calm
2: down. So, yeah. Calm uh, down. That's calm on down. me. Sorry. Yep,
3: sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway,
2: would it make a difference if we had a full house against Cincinnati?
3: No, but you're talking up the kickoff time and how big the game is. It would be a lot cooler if it was a full house, right? It's I mean, just it's just hard to get a full house because the students are gone. No, you don't know that. Yeah, they are gone. They're on, they're on
2: Thanksgiving break. Wait, now you know that? Yeah, I just thought about that. So, so do we want that game like
3: at noon on Friday? Is that what you're saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Ellerby, I'm one week at a time. I'm an FPS coach. You're one. Tulane's got good kids. So you're only focused on Tulane. We're not on to Cincinnati. We're not on to Cincinnati. We're not on to Cincinnati. Speaking of uh, Bill Belichick, are you? Uh, are you going to get all teary-eyed for the Brady back to uh, Foxborough this Sunday night, LRB? I mean, because the Patriots aren't very good.
2: They which, are not. Which sets it up for—and I wish Brady would have won this week because it would have set up perfect scenario for the Patriots to win. So It I, still might. I mean, the, the Bucks are going to be big favorites in that game, but— the the, uh, the funny thing, did you see the Belichick press conference after the game the reporter asked him what, yes. you, what what'd you what'd you see in the Mac Jones interception? And he just kinda of stared at
3: him and went He made a lot of weird noises first. He's like, they, same thing you did. <laughs> same thing you <we> did. <laughs> we well, uh, we need to get that uh, for later on in the show. Um, LRB, what? did you see the record-setting field goal by yes. Justin Tucker yesterday?
2: Yes, I didn't see it live, but I saw the highlight. I mean, and then I didn't really even realize until the, they showed it a couple of times that it hit the crossbar and, and rolled over. Yards.
3: How awesome is Justin Tucker? He's so awesome that I saw Tory Smith, who's a former NFL wide receiver, uh, Darius Butler, former NFL player, and Emmanuel Acho and others, on Twitter arguing about who the best kicker is because Tory smith said that's the goat justin paul tucker or whatever his name is from texas and then darius butler was like i'm not gonna say anything because he just had a good kick but we know who the real goat is and had adam venateri's picture i've never seen like real football players argue about kickers but Justin Tucker is special at teams, such baby. a level that you've got, like, DBs and receivers and position players arguing about kickers, Ellerby And as uh, special teams guys out there, they got to really appreciate that. Yeah, They're and,
2: getting some love. And ironically, uh, Brian Bailey interviewed Jake Verte on uh, the sideline during the game at uh, Doughty Ficklin Stadium, who's on the practice squad with the Ravens because Justin Tucker is the <laughs> GOAT. And will never give up his job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the one thing, they did, like, a, a real sports or – or an E sixty or something on Justin Tucker, and he seems like he, he sings opera, like he's like he, he has all, he, yeah he does he has all this like he's like the multi talented other than just just kicking. But Those special teams are weird dude. He's the, he's the Tom Brady of a uh, kicking. I would would you agree that he is the guy? Go- yeah
3: yeah. He's got the best percentage all time, most clutch kicks. Like Vinitari, for what he did and his longevity, he was in the league forever. I think right. he's been surpassed at this point. Justin
2: Tucker. I mean, and and not. I mean, he's got the rings that he was still a great kicker in the National Football League, and he'll have a great pension because he played for thirty-five years in the league. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, and it was probably fun to be a kicker on the Patriots and Colts during all that. I mean, if you had to be a kicker, I mean, you definitely want to be on a good team because that means one, you're going to score a lot of points. And uh, you have the opportunity occasionally to uh, win some games, but shame on the Lions. I uh, saw the highlights. I mean, that that guy should have never had a chance to kick a field
3: goal. Yeah, it was like fourth and forever, and Lamar Jackson able to complete a pass around midfield. Yeah, I mean that was. It there's up. just
2: so many typical teams in the National Football League that are like the Lions, the Jaguars. Um, I mean, there's just some a, a lot of teams that are just constantly. You know the the losers. I mean, the Jets which, and Giants are both over now. Which is wills
3: still weird to wrap your head around the Browns like being good, like they're a real. It is tough. They're a real good franchise right
2: now. I mean, you know, because it took me a while to accept that the Saints were good, and they validated it with a Super Bowl. You know, over a decade ago. Um, when they beat Peyton Manning, but I mean the Saints for a long time before that yeah. were, were the same way. I mean they, they were the team that had no fans. They wore brown bags over their heads. Um, you know they were the aints. So, but I mean you respect when you see this, even with Jameis Winston as the quarterback now, with they've transitioned out of breeze. You still respect the Saints. Now you don't think of oh they 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 can. And the other weird thing is to see highlights and not see the Patriots be you know humanized too that they're they're, they, that they're just not they're not going to roll off a
3: 12 and four year touchdown tony collins did not have a fun trip to foxborough i bet he had fun
2: <laughs> you're right
3: he did have a fun trip didn't he, enjoy the game he did
2: not like the outcome of his team but good i get, i will guarantee you touchdown tony collins had fun
3: he said he was going uh to drink beer and sign autographs so you're right he probably did have a blast. Uh, and if
2: those were the two things he can do well
3: <laughs> so we'll talk to uh tony coming up on thursday we'll talk to that no good yellow bellied coward Corey glore trader coming up on uh thursday yeah hope hope he's enjoying his new job (laughs) (laughs) he left us uh yeah to get a great job so congrats Corey,
2: Corey if he'll say if, if the pirates win if he'll say then paint this one purple in greenville today I don't think
3: he'll say that. They don't think he will. Uh, who is the only kicker to win the MVP award in the NFL? Ellerby, the only kicker to win the. Did MVP? you know that it happened? before? no, I had no idea. That's uh, that is a stat to consider. It happened when I was one in 1982 nineteen eighty two by Washington Redskins kicker Mark Mosley. He uh, no, we... was the MVP of the NFL. Are you serious? I am serious. What the serious? heck did he do don't that year? Don't call uh, Do not know. Man. Uh, that is a
2: sports trivia aj mcmurphy's if i've ever heard one that's a classic
3: right there um yeah he won the uh the nfl mvp award he set an nfl record by making 21 straight field goals um what year was this the 1982 i mean
2: wouldn't you like to go around the league and be like did you play in the league in 82 what did you not do a kicker (laughs) One it was the MVP. Who were the quarterbacks? Everybody
3: sucked in 1983 Well, the
2: '83 draft was like the famous quarterback draft. They were like enough
3: of this: Marino, Elway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe they were like enough of the Plunkets and all the other kids in the uh, quarterbacks in the NFL.
3: Great run on uh, MVPs after that, LRB. But yeah, that's uh, who won it the year after. Well, Thiesman won, and yeah. then Marino, Marcus Allen, Lawrence Taylor, John Elway. Then you started to see some real names. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's your factoid of the day. Folks. I wonder if they have like a Heisman House for NFL MVPs, and they're like, "Who, <laughs> Who is this guy?
2: Who's this guy?" <laughs> like, you see Marcus Allen rolling around, you see Joe Theismann, you're like, "Hey, who's who's the waiter over here?" <laughs> Mark Mosley. Remember the name? Yep.
3: All right, Ellerby. I bet you Mark wore the single bar too, like Theismann. I'm thinking so. Do you have a prediction for Saturday or are you going to wait? Man, it's so early
2: in the week. Uh, I mean, I just, and my prediction won't change, but I'm going to be the optimistic pirate. And uh, I'm going to say the Pirates <sighs> find a way like they did in uh, Huntington, West Virginia, and the, and, and the Pirates somehow win the game. And, and, and I think based on our conversation today, it's going to have to be a high scoring game. So we'll, we'll say 35 31. Pirates, uh, boy, that would be a fun fifth quarter, LRB, on and, Saturday evening. And that score wouldn't equate to what I'm about to say next, but it, it could be even like an overtime game. I could see where the teams are tied at 28 or 31 or something, and uh, it could go back and forth in overtime, and then uh, could could the Pirates – could we get some extra time before the fifth quarter, which would be exciting, and uh, I think that would be a fun way to win too. So, But I, I'm going to say this is going to – if the Pirates didn't put in the work last week – and and if they don't put in the work this week, then there's going to be a lot of frustrated and and angry fans, and there's going to be a lot of questions. But if they put in the work and win, then I think they could be proving to this fan base that they're starting to make the turn, and that the goal for the bowl
3: is still alive and well. The goal for the bowl. All right, thank you, everybody. All right, man. We'll See take a timeout. We'll come back. Double B. Brian Bailey joins us next man he had an awesome interview with ruffin mcneil earlier today if you missed it you can hear it at six o'clock right here on pirate radio we'll talk about that pirates and more when we return after this
0: You are listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back, Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's, now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Redbanks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock.
3: Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We'll go inside the Players Lounge in the 4 o'clock hour with Rajay Harris, Tyler Sneed, Xavier Smith, and Bruce Bivens in the 5 o'clock hour. You'll hear from Hole Nailers and CJ Johnson. So all those interviews still on tap for a Monday edition, a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Had a great edition of the brian bailey show earlier today at noon he talked pirate football with steve ellis but also talked to uh, soon to be ecu hall of fame we're going to be inducted later on this year ruffin mcneil and brian bailey joins us now and bailey uh i tweeted it out at the time uh when i called coach ruff to line him up for your show uh, to get him on hold and talk to him for about 45 seconds i, I said that. It uh, put a smile on my face that might last the whole week. It was great uh, hearing from him. And then your interview, about 25% of it sounded like you were talking to an old coach, and 75% sounded like you were just chatting with an old buddy. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was awesome to hear him back here on Pirate Radio earlier today.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. And he is, uh, he's been a friend for a long time now, I tell you what. Now, I barely knew him his first in when he was an assistant coach. I think he was here for a year. And then, when, of course, when he came back in 2010, uh, you know, you, we work with the coaches so closely. And, and you, you know, you get close to some of them. But Ruff was just kind of different as far as just doing so many things out in the community and, and just, you know, always being around. And I can remember the Special Olympics. And, 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 and most of all the coaches, you know, do some. But Ruff just seemed to be out there just all the time. And uh, I truly enjoyed working with him. And uh, I didn't get a chance to do his coaches show at that time. But uh, now that we're the official station of power to get to do Coach Houston's show, and and you know, and and you learn things about the coaches when you when you're that close. I mean, you're you're with them after big wins, you're with them after big losses, and and you kind of get an inside feel for it. But Coach Ruff is he's always been, uh, been a people's coach, I guess you could say. And uh, it was really fun doing that interview with him.
3: That's the first time I've heard you tell a guest you love him and the first time a guest has told you I love you more on the Brian Bailey Show. I think.
4: Yeah. Well. <laughs> I thought about that when I said that and you know it's funny because you know I, I grew up and, and it was it was like you know
3: you, you,
4: I didn't even t- hardly tell my dad I loved him for right. a lot of years because you just don't think like that and then as you get older you start thinking about hey you know you do love your dad so tell him you love him and if you love somebody you, you know you tell him you love him and so, uh, but Coach Ross is a club
3: coach now. Uh, if you missed it, make sure you check it out 6 o'clock. And, of course, it'll be available. It's available right now to check out on Facebook, YouTube, and you can uh, make it downloadable as well. So, uh, great interview with Ruff McNeil. I believe Bailey, did he say he was going to be here for the, the, the Friday night uh, before the game on Saturday, and then he'll be with his NC State Wolfpack in Tallahassee on that Saturday. Is that right?
4: Yeah, that's the plan. I'm not sure if they're working it out where he'll fly out uh, later that night, Friday night or really early Saturday morning, but they're still working out the details. But but Coach Ruff said he would be here for sure and that uh, he'll be with N C State after that. So and it's kinda you know, it's kinda odd because <coughs> East Carolina and NC State are big rivals. But if you know anything about Dave Doran, you know what a really good guy that he is. And, and I don't know I don't know him really, really well, but I've interviewed him a couple of times and and you know he was hot on the heels of Holton Naylor's. You know he was. They were right in there trying to get Holton to go to uh, NC State. And uh, I got to know him a little bit then. But you know that you know that, that Ruff probably provides a real you know a real plus for his program to have somebody like that. And, and 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 as Ruff said during the interview, him and Coach Houston are really close. And Coach you know Coach Ruff wants East Carolina to, to thrive. I mean, he really wants them to prosper all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised down the road to see Coach Ruff and a person like
3: that here. Yeah, uh, Brian Bailey joining us. I know uh, Coach Ruff has some people blocked on Twitter around here. Luckily, I'm not one of those. But Dave Doran does have me blocked for some reason.
4: <laughs> does he really?
3: Yeah, I don't know what I said. I didn't. I don't think I said anything to him. Maybe I did. Who knows? I've said a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah.
4: some 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 of these folks at Fire Radio are not getting Christmas cards from. <laughs>
3: Uh, I said a lot of bad things yesterday. Actually, I didn't tweet. I just said them verbally about my Washington football team, Bailey. After they gave up 100 points to Josh Allen and the Bills, your Cowboys tonight, Bailey, on Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what's your take on Dallas Philly coming up tonight?
4: Well, I think it's obviously a game. I think that the Cowboys can win, whether they will or not. You know, I'm still not sold on the defense totally. I really don't think Philadelphia is all that good, but I think it's one of those divisional games. And it wouldn't surprise me if it came down to a field goal late. Uh, I think if Dallas can run the football, I think they'll have a much better chance. And I think you'll see a lot of Tony Pollard again. I think that's the plan going forward, that they're going to save Zeke and and use Pollard, because Pollard's really good. I knew he was good when they drafted him. I've always been a Tony Pollard fan. And I think that they're going to utilize both those guys and try to open things up and, you know, Zeke's getting a big big payday. He's probably like, Yeah, give it to Tony some more. I'm getting all the money. Go ahead and give it to Pollard.
3: Well, I'm not saying Zeke is washed up or anything like that. I will say, when watching Dallas, watching him last week against the Chargers, there is a burst that Pollard has <laughs> that Ezekiel just doesn't have right now.
4: Right now, and whether it's, you know, whether he's just getting, you know, up in years because running backs don't last very long. And that's why you don't give him the big contract. Yeah. I did give him the big contract, but. And, um, you know, and Tony Pollard's going to ask for some money, too. He's going to keep running the football right now. and he's going to ask for his money, and we'll have to see how that goes down the line. But I really like Tony Powell. I think he's a really good player. And, you know, Dallas' offense, you know, so far through two games, they didn't score a whole lot, you know, against the Chargers. But it they, they look like they can move the football. and They're going to have to it in the end zone, home opener. So, you know, the, the trick in this league is to win your home games and split on the road, you have a great year. And so that's what Cowboys are trying to do. But they – historically they've had problems at home sometimes so.
3: hold serve at home win a couple on the road and take care of your division and you'll end up a playoff team and uh big division game coming up tonight it's manning night football i've been logged into the mannings on monday nights bailey have you uh first of all we might have talked about that have you watched the mannings yet
4: oh yeah 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 th- my theory on that is if you don't have a dog in the fight you're better off to watch the Manning.
3: I was. My next question was, will you watch them when your team is playing? No. Okay, you'll watch the regular broadcast.
4: But I think you record them. Okay. The team does well, and and I usually record them anyway and watch them later on in the week. So I'll record both the regular broadcast and the Manning broadcast if I get time. I love the Mannings. I think they're hilarious. I think they come up with some great, you know, great stories. They have great guests. I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea, and. But I think if your team's playing, you kind of kind of keep an eye on your on your game. You don't you don't care what what they're talking about. But after the game's over, you might go back and watch it again and see. I wonder what they said about this play. I wonder what they said about that because I, I think they're very interesting.
3: That is, uh, yeah. That I mean, that's the draw for me right now is watching uh, watching the Mannings and hearing what they have to say. And I love Bailey that they are not now if the Colts or Broncos or Giants play. We might see a rooting interest from one of their sides, but they don't root for either team. They root for both quarterbacks. And, and I find like when Derek Carr had the ball, come on, Derek, let's go. And then Lamar Jackson went to the Manning Passing Academy. There you go, Lamar. That I like how they root for the quarterbacks and, and really that's about it.
4: And some of the guests they have on and yeah. talking about, you know, Peyton saying Omaha and <laughs> we knew Omaha didn't mean anything. We <laughs> thought it was funny too
3: good stuff cowboys eagles you can hear it tonight on pirate radio if you're riding in your car or uh, prefer a kevin harlan call who is the best in the business you can hear it tonight right here on pirate radio all right let's get to saturday bailey and uh not every victory is uh, created equal (laughs) last week's win felt a lot better than this week's win i can say that for myself and for pirate nation uh good news is the pirates got the win and they got a lot to clean up though Brian.
4: Yeah, and, and they do, and and I think that's the, the big positive going forward is that they do have a lot to clean up. You know, you get the same credit for that thirty-one to twenty-eight, you know, win that you slip through, and you, and you do win the game as you do if, if you win sixty-two to nothing. Now, if you win sixty-two to nothing against a team that you probably should have won by twenty or thirty, but if you win big, you know, I don't think you go back to practice with the same urgency that you do after a game like this. They will, you know, Tulane is not a great football team, obviously. They played really well against Oklahoma, but Tulane will beat East Carolina for sure if the Pirates show up and play like they did this past Saturday. But hopefully, you know, as Coach Houston said, it's a whole lot easier to learn a lesson after a win than to learn one after a loss. And I think that that was the big thing going forward. I was really, you know, at halftime when it was 24 14, if you'd have told me that the offense wasn't going to score in the second half, you're crazy because I really thought they were cranking it up.
3: Jaquan McMillan, the only points for the Pirates in the second half. And you think about it, Bailey, this offense has played two really good quarters this year. The fourth quarter against Marshall, second quarter against Charleston Southern. Every other quarter they've been either average or well below average. And, uh, I mean, that's just kind of the facts of it right now.
4: Yeah, and I think that that's why so many fans are are on Donnie Kirkpatrick so badly because, you know, when this offense is cranked up, it looks – absolutely as good as any offense in the country. I mean, it looks great. They, they, Everything's, you know, you know, clicking and everything's fine, but then when it bogs down, it just really bogs down. And, and Coach Kirkpatrick said last week, you know, in the press conference that he had on Wednesday night, he said, so we're not doing anything different. We're just executing. And, you know, and I don't know enough yeah, you know, I, I, I love watching the games. Love seeing things. I'm not sure if they're lining up in different formations, and they've got you know more people doing different things. But I think on offense, when you execute, it's it's blocking, it's running the right pattern, you know, for the for the receivers. It's it's so many little things, and if one little thing is off, then that bogs you down, and that, that that tears it up. And I think that's what we're seeing because I I I, saw, I swear, like in the Marshall, but they cranked up, and it was like, holy moly, here we go
7: but then after that it kind of slowed
3: down just hadn't seen enough of that in 2021 to to give you confidence uh, but a new opportunity on Saturday and a huge game for East Carolina to get to 3-2 and two on the season, 3-2 and two in October for the first time since uh, 2015. Ruffin McNeil's last year here at East Carolina. So we'll uh, we'll end it the way we started at Bailey, uh, the interview with Coach Ruff and Steve Ellis uh, coming up at 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio, and then we got your Cowboys on later tonight. So it's Brian Bailey night here at Pirate Radio. There you go. I'm trying to get it pulled from the radio, but I don't have that kind of clout here, so <laughs> <laughs> they,
4: may, they may play so badly they'll pull it from the radio anyway. Maybe they'll
3: so. Bailey, thanks for joining us, man. All right, thank you, man. Appreciate you. BB Brian Bailey joining us on the Fixed N C Live line. We'll take a timeout. We'll wrap up our non, uh, wrap up our one with a brief NFL preview, part one. We'll hit part two. Later on in hour two, and coming up at four o'clock, our first trip inside the players' lounge here on this Monday. We got Rajay Harris, Tyler Sneed, and then later on in the hour, Xavier Smith and Bruce Bivens, DJ Shirley rhodes
6: You got a <laughs> that was an scale? unintentional <laughs> DJ there. Uh, no, my computer just froze for a second and couldn't figure out what was going on.
3: Dang technology! Oh, there it
6: goes again. What the heck, man? I
3: don't know if I like this remix.
6: I don't either. Let's
3: beat strong. Have you talked all day?
5: No. On the show? Yes. Oh, a no, On the show. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. During uh, LRB's segment. Good to see you. Good to see you too, brother.
3: All right, brother man.
5: Good to see you yesterday at tiebreakers.
3: Yeah, watched my crappy football team and watched uh, some good football teams as well play. Uh, we will recap what went down in a, on a wild week three of NFL Sunday. We'll be back with you. It's like uh, man, it's like musical chairs when this, the music when it stops. stops. Yeah, yeah. Stop.
6: I don't know what's going on. My <laughs> computer is is not functioning properly right now.
3: We'll be back after this.
0: you're listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show
6: welcome back university pc care has been pirate nation's go-to it expert since 2006 University PC Care are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
3: Alrighty, Welcome back into the program. Clip Rock, Chandler Honeycutt, Shirley Rhodes, Dallas Goddard. First touchdown. I don't know. Maybe. Looking at some things for tonight's Monday night football game between the Cowboys and the Eagles. How
5: about them Cowboys?
3: Uh, Capping off week three. Let's get a recap of Sunday real quick. We'll run over a few games now. We'll do it at the end of hour number two as well, starting with the Bills 43, Washington 21. If anybody had concerns for Josh Allen and his performance so far this year, you can be quiet and quit asking so quit asking. Three hundred and fifty eight yards, four touchdowns. I feel like most of that was in the first half. He also I
5: hope they all shut shut the hell up. <laughs>
3: he also had a uh, <laughs> Thank you, Coach Houston. He also had a rushing touchdown in the game. Um it was not a ton of Stefan Diggs, six for sixty two. It was Cole Beasley with eleven for ninety eight and Emmanuel Sanders, who had two touchdowns. I forgot they had him. Uh you, know, you forgot about Emmanuel.
5: But now I know.
3: Yes, you do. Bills moved to two and one. The football team stinks. I saw somebody say this was a measuring stick game. A writer says it was a measuring stick game for the uh for the football team. No. Our measuring stick game was last week against the crappy Giants, where they got lucky to win. The Giants just lost to the Falcons. We'll get to that in a moment. But we have another measuring stick game this Sunday against the crappy Falcons to find out are we at the bottom of the league or just kind of near the bottom. We're not close to the Buffalo Bills. Bottom of the barrel bowl. Pretty much. Uh, That's uh, what we're looking at. Oh, speaking of bottom of the barrel, the Chicago Bears had 68 passing yards from Justin Fields on six completions, 20 attempts. Have mercy uh the bears had 46 rushing yards uh, if you take away like sacks and, and and things like that i think the bears had 1.1 yards per play on sunday historically bad for the chicago bears i saw today matt Nagy said that dalton fields and nick Foles are all possible to start they're, on sunday they're
5: all in consideration
3: if you got three quarterbacks you got zero I would quarterbacks i to have that guy as my head coach <laughs> Good is gracious. he the new adam gase could be i think he is could be people hate that where man. is adam gase hopefully nowhere if he's coaching a team right let's see where he is adam gase he is uh
5: coaching pot warner
3: could be jets uh he was fired it doesn't look like he um uh, it doesn't look like he has a gig right now although so. uh it does say on his wikipedia he's a fan of the detroit tigers so that's cool uh ravens beat the lions 19 to 17 on the longest kick in nfl history a 66 yarder that hit the crossbar, bounced up, went over. I just
5: had to use the bathroom.
3: Unbelievable. I was sitting beside a fella at tiebreakers that had lost a ton of bets on Sunday. And the one thing he had going was the Ravens teaser where they had to win by two or more. So we're watching that. The kick goes in. He, we're high and like our team won the Super Bowl. And Chandler comes out of the bathroom at tiebreakers like, oh, What's going on? what's good oh football's on oh it's uh all the one. you o'clock... said did you see that and all i was the... like no
5: i didn't i was using the bathroom all the
3: one o'clock games are coming to an end and chandler's <laughs> moseying in like it was my day happening. off yeah oh what's that oh what's on the tv today <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh there's other teams in the national football league
3: chandler was being cocky panthers guy oh no, was it i, I know but uh, it was kind of funny you missed that moment it and was. you came out like why is everybody screaming
5: everybody's clapping screaming
3: what a moment what about a story justin tucker what about a story titans Titans. titans. can i get some mike keith touchdown titans. touchdown titans well done 25 to 16 over the colts titans are two and one poor colts they are oh and three on the season uh derrick henry 113 yards rushing on the day for Indianapolis, the numbers—you know—Tannehill had three touchdowns, two picks, didn't even get to 200 yards passing. uh They actually won with some defense on Sunday, which, if you are a uh, Titans fan, is a certainly welcome surprise because yeah. that defense has stunk uh, for the better part of a year plus. Uh, but they pick up the win to move to two and one on the year. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll open up the players lounge for the first time on this Monday. Here from Rajay Harris, Tyler Sneed. We also got Xavier Smith, Bruce Bivens. And then later on in hour two, we'll continue our NFL week three recap. All of that and more on the way on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Chandler, what is this?
6: Uh-oh. Oh, we'll be back with you after this. <laughs>
0: This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovation and additions david price construction the proud ecu home services partner call them today at 919-292-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com now let's head back in to prl here's clip rock
3: all right shirley rhodes chandler honeycuts coming up later on the show troy d will be alongside we got holton aylers in the five o'clock hour cj johnson in the five o'clock hour xavier smith bruce bivens coming up. Shortly, but uh, right now we'll hit our first of many player interviews on this Monday. As earlier today, Rajay Harris and Tyler Sneed dropped by the Pirate Radio Studios, and uh, we went inside the Players Lounge, got their take on the Pirates' win over Charleston Southern, looked ahead to Marshall as well, even mixed in a little NFL talk. Here's how it sounded earlier today. Let's go inside the Players Lounge. All right, back inside the uh, Players' Lounge on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live as we talk to a couple guys on the offensive side of the ball, Tyler Sneed and Rajay Harris joining me here in the Pirate Radio studios. Congrats, win uh, number two in a row, fellas. How you doing today?
8: Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you. Good, good. Appreciate it.
3: Uh, I'm curious, as a, a viewer of football, we have our ideas of how a game's going to go before it's played. And in this game, we were thinking, all right, ECU's going to win by – Multiple touchdowns. It's going to be a great day at Daddy Ficklin. When you win by three as a player, it's, I mean, it's different. It's not Madden. You guys aren't robots. You're playing guys that have prepared all week, trained all week. So when you win a game like that, you're happy you got to win. Are there any thoughts of, man, we should have beat that team by more? Well, what's the thought on that?
8: Um, You know, going into the week, you know, we, like you said, we knew who was going to win. Um, I don't know if everybody bought in that whole week. But, I mean, we went out there, we we found a way. But um, it was a scary one, though. It was
3: scary. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyler Holton yes. said earlier that maybe you guys did take it a little lightly going into the game. You get down 14 to nothing immediately. Was there any of that going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, me personally, I want to beat every team by as much as we can. Um, but, you know, they were an FCS team. They're a good FCS team. But, you know, during the week, you still got to prepare the same, uh, still got to treat it. Like a big game because it is a big game. Uh, you know, wins are hard to come by. So uh, you know, going into this week, conference play, we just got to focus on that. And y'all know you
3: don't have to get down by like multiple touchdowns before you start playing, <laughs> right? It's uh, two weeks in a row, seventeen point comeback against Marshall, and then fourteen to nothing, just like that. Well, what's what's like getting that kind of smack in the mouth early in the game and and having to respond? And you guys had a great second quarter. What what, what got things rolling there?
8: I was on the sideline. I was just looking at the score like, wow, like they scored like fast back to back. So I was like, hey, we're going to have to put our big boy pants on and go out there and play because these boys not playing. They done came from Charleston and ready to play. So, you know, I'm on the sideline talking to the offense, just, you know, keeping them motivated, 1%, 1%, 1%. 1%. And um, we went out there and we scored, Keaton Mitchell on a long 80, I think it was 85, 80, 80 yards, and he just got the momentum going from there.
1: Yeah,
3: when that, that mode gets change. going, Tyler, you, you can feel it, right? Oh yeah.
1: You know, fourteen nothing, you kinda you said to yourself, you know, we gotta we gotta really turn it on now, we gotta step it up. And uh Keaton's run was a big momentum changer for us. Uh he stepped up and he was gone. So no, that was that was a big swing in the game.
3: Rajay, you mentioned one percent there. I see you uh put that out on social media a lot. What what's the one percent lifestyle that you're living? What does that mean for you? Oh uh, well.
8: I just try to be better than I was yesterday. You know, just try to be a better person every day, and just um, motivate people to to do the, do the same thing as as me. You know, you go to practice one day and say you want to catch all the passes, or you want to you want to pick up your, all your blocks, and just just do that every day. That means one percent.
3: One percent. That's uh, that's what Rajay is doing. That's what this team is doing. Two wins in a row. Hasn't been two and two now with the conference opener. Looking back, uh, real quick, Tyler. I did. There was one play. And after it, I tweeted, uh, calm down, Snead, it's a long season. You know what play I'm talking about? It's when you tried I to try hurdle to jump, the dude yeah. and <laughs> got hit and you land awkwardly. I'm like, yeah. oh. Now, looking back on it, is that – look, you're going to play it 100 miles an hour every play, right? So, right. I mean, that's just you. That's what you're going to do. But when you look at it on film, are you like, man, maybe I should have gone out of bounds or
1: – I don't know. What do you nah, think? I wasn't thinking of going out of bounds. It was, <laughs> it was more maybe I should have put my foot in the ground and just got upfield, But – You know, I don't know. It's just in the moment. I was just trying to make something happen. But I ended up up getting flipped, landing awkwardly. Do what
3: Rajay did at Marshall and just put that guy in the turf like he did on that one I don't know about all that. (laughs) But no. Uh, So we might see more hurdles this year or uh, you might have a a different move next time.
1: I'm not like those guys. I'd rather go over than through. <laughs> so true? Okay. I probably got a better chance of going over than through anyway.
3: So, <laughs> uh, Huge second quarter, uh, as I mentioned. And then in the second half, the only points came from Jaquan McMillan, who once again had a huge pick. I asked Holton what it was like facing him in practice. He said, it's not a lot of fun. And <laughs> it's not been a lot of fun for opposing quarterbacks this year. Uh, Jaquan, back-to-back weeks with big second-half picks for you guys. What's that like uh, seeing that from the sidelines, Roger?
8: He showed it every day at practice, so it's – it's really nothing to us no more. I mean, you go out there every day and he work his butt off. You know, he the real definition of that 1% I'm be talking about. It's just – it shows on game day, you know. So, it's nothing really – nothing really major to us because we see it every day. You know, we even see better than that. So, you know, it's just proud of that man. And I pray he continues to, to bless his team.
3: I don't know how much you match up with him at practice where you are in the slot or, or if you are outside, maybe you do. But how much do you face off against Jaquan?
1: Uh not a lot i think we went out one-on-ones one time maybe he got me on the one but uh other than that it's not really a matchup like he, he's outside i'm mainly in the slot but no he's the real deal
3: talking to tyler sneed rajay harris got two lane coming up next the green wave have had the pirates number over the years what do you guys uh, remember about facing them in games past i guess one for you rajay a couple for you tyler and, and what have you seen from their defense this year so
1: far
8: Great defense, you know, real physical defense. Uh, We're going to have to come to play from the first snap to the last snap. Just a great motor, great motor.
1: Yeah, similar. I mean, they're they're really good defense, physical. We're going to have to come play all four quarters. Um, But, no, they're a good team overall. You know, last year we saw it. And then, I mean, the year before that, I guess my freshman year, uh, we saw it again. So, no, they're always good. um, But it's another opportunity to get a W, so looking forward to it. Guys,
3: we saw uh, Mason Garcia get in. The Mason Garcia package near the goal line. He runs in a touchdown, so a brief but productive appearance from him on Saturday. How nice was it to see uh, the young fella get into the end zone? That's
8: a big boy. <laughs> That's a big boy right there. Yeah. I knew he was going to get in there. <laughs> yeah.
3: Saw that with uh, with Trey Lance last night on your team. They put in a QB. A the outcome didn't go so well, Roger. He uh, gave Aaron Rodgers too much time, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, what What have you guys seen in practice from Mason, from Stubblefield, these guys uh, during practice as they continue to, you know, one day their number's going to be called. Might not be this year, might be in the future. But how are those guys behind Holton looking uh, each week?
1: They look good. I mean, they come to play every day. So, you know, it's a process. Uh Like you said, they might not play this year. They might, I mean, we don't know when their shot's going to be. But, uh, no, I mean, like he's talking about the 1%. Everybody, I feel like everybody – Buys into that and tries to get one percent better every day. And
3: Rajay, I'm um, gonna well, knock on wood as much as I can. You and Keaton have been able to go each and every week, but you got talented running backs behind you Definitely. if need be. So who's kinda nipping at your heels to to get some carries uh behind you and Keaton, Rajay at the running um, back room?
8: Pop, you know, Joseph McKay, um uh, he's he's been doing a great job. You know, he's just been really stand down into his his time. And um I believe when he when he get that opportunity, he's gonna take it and he's gonna he's gonna run with it.
3: Yeah, and uh, looking forward to seeing some young guys. And how about you guys blow out two lanes so we can see some <laughs> some other guys play? Most you definitely. guys can rest a little bit. Most definitely. You guys are playing a lot of snaps <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, but two wins in a row, and it really sets you up for a, a big deal here. This will be, if you guys can get a win Saturday, the latest in the season, East Carolina's had a winning record since, I think, 2015. Uh, so since you guys have been here, and, and that gives you a lot to play for, a lot to get, you get excited about, right? Mm-hmm.
8: Man, it's going to be great. You know, I came from a high school and, you know, I'm used to winning. So when I came up here last year, it was kind of, you know, a shocker. But like I got talked about, like, the first time we talked, man, everybody done bought in. Everybody's motivated to get it back to where it was a couple of years ago. So, you know, I just think everybody ready for the for this year and ready for Tulane this week and UCF and whoever else next. And it's
1: just, we're going to check them off. It's big with the confidence, too. we we'll go 3-2. and two. Um you know, just that, especially going into conference play, um, just bringing that confidence in every week, I mean, that would be huge for the team. Definitely.
3: Thomas need, Rajay Harris joining us. How was uh, Sunday practice? Was it a, a tough one, a regular one? How'd it go for you? I
8: mean, it wasn't It wasn't too bad. You know, the meetings was kind of like, you know, it, it was crazy. But uh, we went out of practice. We did the same thing, <laughs> the special team circuit, and we ran a little bit. You know, did some team periods, but uh, – it wasn't that bad it was about the same
3: and things were uh a bit chippy it appeared on the field saturday night a lot of talking a lot of yapping uh you know you if somebody does something to you your natural instinct is to do it back as a a football player on the football field how tough is that to rein it in guys and then you you know you don't want to get a penalty for your team so how do you uh control that on the field guys we'll start with you tyler
1: i mean just being smart and on the whole situation uh you know, obviously, it was a close game, so every every yard counts, you know, with the field possession and uh, stuff like that. But, you no, know I mean, for me, I just, mean I don't take it personally. I mean, it's out there on the field. Anything can happen. You know, everybody's trying to win. So, I just, I mean, just be smart about it.
3: Roger, you're a pretty cool dude when you come in here. I'm not going to try to tackle you on a football field. You're probably a different person. But how do you keep calm in those uh, situations?
8: Uh, I just try to stay disciplined, you know, uh, I can't let what they say get to me, like, I don't know you outside the field, it's just, you know, I just, I be locked in, so, (laughs) whatever I have to do to win, that's what I'm gonna do, regardless, so. I don't too much care about what they got to say.
3: 3.30 kickoff coming up this Saturday. East Carolina taking on Tulane. Uh, my team lost yesterday. Raji's team lost last night. Tyler's Cowboys uh, will oh, be on Pirate Radio tonight. They're going to lose tonight. <laughs> sorry, yeah, let's go know, ahead and sweep it. Let's get a yeah, let's get a losing sweep. <laughs> Tyler, how you feel about a division matchup? Jalen Hurts and the Eagles coming to Dallas. What's going to happen tonight?
1: Dak Prescott's going to lead them boys to a win. Cowboys. Sneed was already talking about a
3: Super Bowl before we got on the air today. Yes. it's Week Three, man. Relax you know.
1: Cowboys,
9: Super Bowl <laughs> team.
3: Yeah, oh, man. I Can't take this. Actually. I know. Let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> Rajay, uh, Tyler, great to uh, talk with you guys. Good luck this week. Get another W, make it three in a row, and let's let's keep it rolling, fellas. Yes, sir. Sure. Sound like a player. All right, Rajay Harris, Tyler Sneed. There, I uh, didn't notice until I'm seeing the video on Pirate Radio, a, a, a still, a picture of when those guys were here earlier today that rajay harris is wearing a slipknot shirt slipknot is a alternative metal heavy metal band uh i'll have to ask rajay and tyler remind me next week to ask about their musical taste and why rajay harris was wearing a slipknot shirt uh, earlier today and if he listens to uh to that band uh just something i noticed watching the facebook live feed all right let's uh, get a break in we'll come back when we return We'll talk to a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Boy, they got uh, smacked in the mouth early, responded, but probably faced the best quarterback uh, to this point they've seen in 2021. We'll ask Xavier Smith and Bruce Bivens about that. You'll hear what they had to say about Saturday night and uh, talk about Tulane as well when we roll on back inside the players' lounge when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
0: Hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Greenville Utilities' Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one time donation and GUC. GUC matches all donations up to twenty thousand dollars each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Rock
3: back with you on Pirate Radio Live on a Monday. Shirley rocking the Pirate Vibes Only shirt. Chandler with a nice ECU polo. I've got the Pirate Radio gray shirt going today. I'm right, Monday, I'm, baby. Matching,
6: I'm, I'm matching all the way down to my shoes.
3: I like the hat too. Down to your shoes. Yeah. We, uh, we're a good-looking bu- good bunch. You're a good-looking bunch. Good-looking bunch on today's program.
6: We look bunch. fabulous.
3: All right. Uh, let's talk to a couple more players inside the Players Lounge here on a Victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. And uh, we heard from Tyler Sneed, Rajay Harris a moment ago let's hear now from a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball xavier smith and bruce Bivens. they came by the pirate radio studios earlier today for a few minutes and we talked about the defense about what they saw saturday and looking ahead to marshall big one coming up this saturday let's go back inside the players lounge all right back inside the players lounge here on a monday edition of pirate radio live here with a couple of pirate linebackers xavier smith And Bruce Bivens, two straight wins for the Pirates. Welcome back, guys. How are we doing on this Monday? I'm doing great. Doing great. I asked uh, Sneed and and Rajay about this. I'll ask you guys, too. So you win the game. You're happy about that. Do you go into this game thinking, all right, we need to beat these boys by 21, 28 points? Or when you walk away from a three-point victory on Saturday you know are you are you celebrating are you happy what's the feeling after a three-point win like on saturday um
10: we we you always just celebrate your wins but and then you you know do some deep reflection on like the things we could do better and stuff kind of kind of you know going back to the things i've said the previous weeks like we always going to look at the things we get better to you know make our team better but we always always celebrate our
3: victories what a difference a couple of quarters make xavier first quarter 14 nothing charleston uh southern second quarter east carolina 24 points unanswered and you guys figured them out defensively you know what led to that well why such a big first
9: quarter for them and a huge second quarter for you guys what was it like out there um i think we just have to treat every week like it's the best team we're gonna play i feel like mentally you know we got we went to the game like expecting to win and they came out and smacked us in the mouth but Once we, like, got that wake-up call, that's when we got it together. And we can't go about weeks like that. So it's, like, important we just mentally focus and treat each week like it's a championship game. So that's, like, my biggest thing, like, because we got a a lot of younger players. So, like, as me and Bruce's leaders, it's important that we just, like, really push that on them, like, treat every week like we're playing Cincinnati or South Carolina because we all seen what we did against South Carolina. Like, and then – we like the week of preparation we felt that like we knew we were going against an opponent i feel like we kind of slipped this week but a win's a win regardless of the day it was a little ugly but still love the guys and it was a great team win and jack chambers their quarterback 405 passing
3: yards a couple touchdowns had 54 rushing yards and a touchdown. I, just watching the games this year, he's the best quarterback you've played against, I'll say. Did you guys feel that way yeah, when sure. you were out there?
9: Yeah, it was definitely hard to get on the ground. I ain't gonna yeah. Lie to you. Yeah, he was a
3: he was a pretty
10: he was a pretty good quarterback. He could he could run and he could pass the ball. So I mean he, he was some great competition to play against.
3: I remember talking to one of their writers last week from Charleston Southern. He said most of uh Chambers' rushing yards come from scrambles. They're not design runs. That's tough to prepare for, right? Yeah. So well what, what was it like? Uh I guess I guess scout team who was the scout team qb y'all were chasing around last week who were the scout team heroes from last week <laughs> it was ryan
9: and walt which both did a great job you know they would do the same thing like if a quarterback got a scramble lane and he a athlete you know he's gonna make plays and that's what he did you know he's a hell of a player oh, excuse my language he's a great <laughs> player so like we just did what we could get him on the ground uh do our job you know we had QB spy players and he's a great player and great players make plays so that's what he did
3: bruce i feel like you played pretty much early on in your career especially i guess maybe special teams before you got into linebacker xavier you were you had that weird tight end uh, <laughs> linebacker transition so were you guys ever part of the the scout team or did you you get right in the game yeah um to be honest, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I
10: think I was. I probably was on the scout team probably like for one week or so or, or, or a day or so, and they took me off of there, you know, because we didn't have no scout team players. We had some guys banged up and stuff like that. So I had to, you know, just go fill in a little bit.
3: No, not really. How important are those guys for your preparation week to week? I mean, we don't talk about their names because we we don't see them in games, but it's a big part of uh, developing a program, right? Yeah,
9: it's definitely huge for winning and losing games. You know, the guys on the scout team, they're great players as well. You know, Walt and Ryan, they're both super hard to get on the ground, especially, like, in practice when we can't, like, actually tackle them so they do a great job preparing us for the game the o-line they give us a like they try to mimic the best they can up to the opponent and that's important for us so that we get those looks week to week because we can't just go into a game like not knowing the speed obviously the speed is not going to be the same but like just getting the looks and like mentally preparing and then them just executing their plays that way we can get a feel and like get a head start and like kind of expect what we're going to see when we're out there on the field talking to Bruce Bivens
3: and Xavier Smith, Bruce Bivens appearance inside the players lounge brought to you by Greenville auto world. Greenville auto world is your home for an awesome selection of late model trucks and cars. Plus a full service department. If you need new tires or a lift kit for your truck, they've got you covered there. Greenville auto world on highway 43 in Greenville. Thanks again to uh, Greenville auto world, Tim Sutton and uh, their support of Bruce Bivens in the players lounge right here on pirate radio. I had an issue and took my car over there in the morning and it was done by the afternoon, ready to go. And, uh, Bruce, they do a great job over there.
10: Yeah, they do do a great job. Um, Tim, he's a real good guy. You know, he'll make you feel, you know, like you're a part of his family. Um, he'll do anything he can to help you. And, man, he's just a great guy. That that service over there is just amazing. I mean, I would, you know, recommend anyone to go over there and get their, you know, car looked at, go get a car, anything you need dealing dealing with that. You yeah, ever heard him sing?
3: No, I never heard him sing. He's, uh, I've heard him sing in my grandma's church back in the day. Oh, Dude really? can sing too. He can do it all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Tim Sutton, great guy uh, Greenville Auto World. Uh, if you have issues, make sure you go there. Bruce, a uh, sack, uh, tackle and a half for loss on Saturday night. So, you uh, you made some plays. When you went back and looked at the film, what did you do well? And uh, what you got to work on? How do you think you played the other night?
10: Uh, I think I played okay. You know, I'm always going to be hard on myself. I feel like I left some plays. Out there, but you know, it's always room for improvement. So, I feel like I could
3: do a lot better than what I did. Xavier, how was uh, Sunday's practice? You come off a win, well, a win where you think you could have done better. So, what was uh, Sunday's practice like for you guys?
9: Um, it was, it wasn't like the normal like celebrate the win because we know what went wrong in that game and we like all felt it. So like the Sunday was it was good. We went out there practice like usual make the correction still celebrate it but we know that we can be way better and like so much better so it's important that we just like take this week and really focus and like like bruce said reflect on what we did wrong and like what we need to improve on and just implement those into going in the next week seems
3: like it got a little chippy out there a lot of talking We had some penalties things like that so how do you balance you're gonna have fun you're gonna celebrate a sack but how do you kind of balance that with not doing too much, getting a taunting penalty, not you know, getting players' faces? Well, what's it like out there on the field where you try to control yourself and, and have fun at the same time?
10: I mean, it's kind of hard because, you know, we play the game with a lot of emotion. But uh, we got to, you know, stay within, you know, the framework of, you know, what we need. Like, like we need to stay within the framework of being like, you know, good sportsmen and, you know, celebrate with our teammates. I mean that can alleviate all of that extra stuff. So
3: second straight week with the uh, Keith Mitchell Deuce, uh, and he's doing that to like <laughs> our fans, right? And it's not uh, it's not taunting another player, but I did see he spoke after the game about he might have to you know put the fingers away uh, going into the end zone <laughs> from now on. So you don't like you want to have fun, but I guess you, there's a line you cross, but. I don't, know. I don't see nothing wrong with putting it either. up to your team yeah. uh, as long as you're not doing it to the other team. But is that kind of stuff discussed by the, the coaches with you
9: guys? Yeah, that was a huge emphasis uh, last night in the meetings. Just, like, after the whistle stuff, celebrating, like, the taunting calls, some that we didn't get flagged. But, like, going into the next week, they'll be looking for that stuff. So yeah. it's important that we take those, too, because there's a lot of points in the game where a flag could have hurt us, a flag could help us. So it's just important to take those even though it's a rule we don't all agree with at the end of the day it's a rule so we have to respect it.
3: Bruce and uh, and Xavier as linebackers you're kind of there in the the middle and your officials around you how much conversation do you have with officials like during a game like uh, you know do you do you do you talk to them at all do you say do they talk to you about hey next time you do that it's a penalty what's the the chatter like if any?
10: Um, They might come up to you and you know I don't really I really don't say too much unless I hit somebody real hard or, you know, somebody going at me. But other than that, they'll probably come up to us, hey, you might want to watch out, you know, for watch out for that next time I'm going to call the flag or something like that but other than that I really don't hear too much he might hey Xavier he do you ever hey I'm you know, getting he held like here I'm
9: getting stuff. held he <laughs> like <laughs> I definitely uh, the ref talked to me quite a bit it's not always bad like I'll try to converse, conversate and like make him my friend get him on sense. your side yeah that's what I would be trying to do <laughs> like during the game like even before the game would start i will be like hey ref like Watch him right here. He can't block me. He going to hold me all game. And then he'll be like, all right, I'll be watching. And then I got a flag, so, like, I'm going to keep doing it. I try to do anything I can do to win, and that's making friends, you know. Yeah. To the refs, and that's what I'm gonna do. So
3: I don't know how often you have the same officials every game. But do you ever look and see a guy and like, man, this guy, this guy again? Like, do you do you know the guys by their face or name at this point, or is it no. just different people every week? I know in high school
9: I did. I, <laughs> right, going, I can't right. remember them now. And uh,
10: <laughs> I I remember a couple of faces. Like yeah. one of the refs that we had this week, I remember. I definitely remember remembered him. Is it um, good or bad? Um, okay. Honestly, I just his, I just remember his <laughs> face. But you know, the penalty the penalties can you know
3: yeah. Got uh, Tulane coming to town this week. Positive note, guys. Two wins in a row. You can get to uh, three and two. This will be the the latest in the year. East Carolina's had a winning record since, I believe, 2015. So, uh, a
9: lot to look forward to. A lot to be excited about heading into conference play for you guys. I mean, control we control. It sounds good on paper to do all that, but it's important we just focus on what we have in front of us, you know, living the moment. Uh, Tulane's a great team. We have to go to work just like we prepare for any other team, just – have a focus week, make the corrections, you know, see what we did wrong last week, fix them, and then do a better job this week because that's what they're going to see on film. So we got to do a great job correcting what we put on film and just putting a better product on the field each and week.
3: Another talented quarterback you'll face, Michael Pratt, on the year 10 touchdowns to two interceptions. And He's a guy that's uh I think still young in his career but has played a lot of football. What do you guys remember about Pratt and, and their offense? Uh I, I knew he was a pretty
10: uh I knew he was a pretty young quarterback, but you know, he's a he's a great athlete and you know, he could pass the ball and he could, you know, hurt you with his feet too, so we gotta prepare for that. We just
3: gotta focus on us honestly, so I mean Xavier, you don't want to get down double digits every game, but at least you've proven the last two weeks that if you do, you can still win the game. So that's got that count for counts for some, right? You're never out of it, no matter what the score is, it looks like. Yeah, I
9: always preach the game ain't over until there's triple zeros on the board. So uh like it's important that we stay positive on the sideline, because you know, the sideline, if it's dead and like we just really get down early, it can really hurt the team, like in the long run. So it's important that like the leaders lead and we just keep that positive mindset like we're going to come back you know get it going type deal so that's what's important to me i think that's really beneficial and like helps win a lot of games
3: Xavier smith bruce Bivens here in the Pi radio studios in the players lounge bruce's appearance uh, inside the players lounge brought to you by greenville auto world guys good luck Let's get win number three in a row, and uh, we'll talk to you gentlemen again next Monday. Sir, appreciate you guys. Appreciate it. Xavier Smith, Bruce Bibbins dropped by earlier today inside the Pirate Radio studios and inside the Players' Lounge. More player interviews coming up in hour number three as Troy D. will be alongside. We'll talk to Holt Naylor's at 5 o'clock and C.J. Johnson at 5.30. Uh, right now, we'll take a timeout, come back. We'll have part two of our NFL Week 3 recap. And I have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this.
0: TRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about this current real estate market, or do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with Remax and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that'll be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Give him a call today at 347-1857. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All
3: righty. We, uh, we'll go back inside the Players Lounge coming up at 5 o'clock with Holden Aylers. Also, you'll hear from C.J. Johnson coming up live in the 5 o'clock hour. Right now, we'll talk more NFL. Kenny uh and facebook live says uh you taking the cowboys tonight well here's what i am taking tonight uh tony pollard over two and a half catches i like that and uh i said before the year my breakout star in 2021 unfortunately is the dallas cowboys cd lamb i've been riding his yards over uh the first two weeks i'm going to go over 82 and a half yards for cd lamb if i had to pick the game which uh we did pick the games on friday straight up i took dallas three and a half i i would probably still take dallas but man you, you know kenny all about these division games how tough they are uh but if i had to pick gun to my head i would take dallas minus the three and a half so uh and i'm not good at picking so hopefully that means dallas loses tonight so there's uh my pick kenny all right um let's continue on chandler uh washington had a thursday nighter in week two i loved it uh because sunday i could relax no stress just watch other teams play uh this week the panthers had a thursday nighter do you enjoy it or do you miss watching your team how did you uh enjoy sunday's slate
5: it was totally a different vibe, um, walking into tiebreakers on Sunday. Um not having... sound like Tony Dunn. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that
3: was a different vibe, homie.
5: No, it was a vibe, uh, that I
6: kinda liked Total Surfer dude, man. Hey, homie.
3: <laughs> oh man. I love it. I, but I wish... it just it's so stress free. Like I wish it... we played every Thursday night, Sunday night or Monday night. So I can just enjoy Sunday for what it is. But you know? i tell
5: you what, though. When ECU is pl- – or not ECU, the Panthers are playing on Sunday. I focus on one TV. Yeah. If it goes to commercial, I'll try to watch a, the game nearest to it. Yesterday, not having the Panthers to stress about, this is how I looked for those view. I, I was like this. I didn't know which one to watch. I I, I spent more time watching – The Washington Football Team take on the Bills, and then also the Tennessee Titans take on the Colts. Because one, they were on the TV right beside me, and they were uh, right beside each other. So, um, but yeah, it it was a I like it. But I also, you know, I like when the Panthers play on Sunday too.
3: The uh, Chargers knocked off the Chiefs, thirty to twenty-four. A back-and-forth game. Chargers got up early. Chiefs came back, took a lead, but. Justin Herbert is the real deal. Four touchdowns for Herbert. And, uh, boy, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were very sloppy. Two interceptions for Mahomes. They lost at least two fumbles. Uh, Yeah, two fumbles, one by Hill, one by Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And it just goes to show, I mean, the the Chiefs, yeah, they can turn the ball over four times and still almost win. But when you make that many mistakes, they are – still human, and now they have lost two games in a row. And really, due to mistakes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a fumble in the Ravens game that cost them that win, and then more mistakes yesterday. Uh, and they were unable to uh, to beat the Chargers. Chargers are 2-1. and one.
5: Yeah, and uh for those 4 o'clock games, I was able to go and slip over to the Buck. Da and, Buck. Da Buck. And uh, they have a great setup over there as well, and they have a big projector screen uh to watch your your watch your football last week it was uh, had it had the panthers on there panthers and saints so uh, uh might slip over there next week uh and I, I i split it between uh different venues but uh yeah it was a different vibe for the panthers not playing on sunday
3: all right we, we've already moved on from that it's just a different vibe <laughs> 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 all right uh surely a uh, rough day for Mac Jones. Bill, no kidding. Bill Belichick uh wanted to talk a lot about it in the post game. As Mac Jones and the Patriots lost to the Saints, three picks for the rookie from Alabama, Alabama. And uh coach Belichick was asked, asked about
7: it after the game. Bill, what did you see on uh, Mac's uh, interceptions?
3: <laughs> what? Um, yeah, well. Probably the same thing you saw.
7: <laughs> Such a
6: weird eye. Bill,
7: what what did this? you see on uh, Max?
3: Could, uh-huh. Yeah, let's hit it again. Oh, okay, I want to hear that first noise you made.
6: Oh, Let me back it up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, back round. it up to uh, the uh, beginning. Uh, okay, back okay. it up.
7: Bill, what did you see on uh, Max's uh, interceptions? <laughs>
9: That's not even. (laughs) Well, same thing you saw.
6: That is such a strange sound. Is that like
3: Frankenstein's monster beginning to come to life or (laughs) something? Wait. Uh, so that's what Bill Belichick thought about it. The same thing you thought uh, think about it. so weird. Jameis, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, big day for Alvin Kamara. 89 rushing yards, had three catches and a touchdown. Ran that play that you run in college football and on Madden, I believe. Maybe more so Madden. I think it was on both. Where the running back goes out and then cuts to the middle of the field. Runs a nice little kind of arrow and uh, he's right there wide open in the middle and uh led to the saints first touchdown and they were able to win yesterday on the road at new england 28 to 13. any thoughts on that one chandler or how was the vibe chandler with the panthers man playing? it was
5: a different vibe homie <laughs> 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 no
8: but I, no
3: but seriously i did have
5: my parents in town yesterday um, so i no, was able I, to t- i saw
8: your parents yeah parents. How
5: how, how, do, how do you think having your parents in town was <laughs> belichick
6: and oresco put them together
3: well i'll tell you what it was fantastic having the parents in town <laughs> <That was> fantastic.
5: <laughs> but i had them in town and i was able to take them to tiebreakers and i took them to the buck and then also we ended the day at aj's
3: <laughs> you really did hit the bell's fork triangle yes
5: like it, i hit the triangle and
3: but, they enjoy uh, it but just a different vibe different vibe <laughs> okay all right oh man thanks homie uh also yesterday the Giants stink they had stink uh eli manning on
6: eli manning day
3: eli manning day and uh john mara goes out there he's the one you can thank for the, the taunting roles and he's also a rat narc uh because in an uncapped year like washington and dallas paid players they had a salary cap higher than everybody and rat narc mara like made a big deal about it and the teams had to lose draft picks and stuff and pay fines um and john mara was booed and then the team was booed <laughs> because they lost at home to the falcons it was 17 the, to 14
5: it was literally the two two of the worst teams if not two of the if, <laughs> no if not the two worst teams in the nfl facing off against each other i
3: didn't know how to put that different vibe when those two it's teams a made different vibe homie uh they're bad they are really bad so bad and washington they're so rad bad gets in the uh the crap sandwich they played the giants week two the meat of that sandwich is buffalo which mm, is tough to bite through that's
5: a tough that's tough meat
3: but the other side of that bun uh is the falcons coming up next week the dessert at uh in atlanta in Hot Atlanta, and i believe the falcons are one point favorites over washington tells you how bad washington is this year mm uh the Bengals are fun i told i look i don't know how good they're going to be but they were without t higgins yesterday so tyler boyd uh had a touchdown jamar chase had two touchdowns apparently he can catch the football remember that stuff where he said the ball's a little bit different from college to pro and mike florio and people made a big deal about it how he uh he can't catch the uh NFL football. Well, he's got four touchdowns in three weeks of his rookie season. So, Jamar Chase is doing just fine. Yeah, he's, he's all right. Uh, 90 yards from Joe Mixon on the ground.
5: That is a fun offense. It is. They got tons Mixon, of weapons. Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and and let's, of course, Joe Burrow.
3: let's not, you know, overlook that the Steelers are really bad. Big yeah. Ben is really old. Did you old. see
5: his, like, highlights of foolery yesterday?
3: I saw him roll out
6: and fall down while throwing and nobody touched him there's
3: nobody within 20 yards of him and he didn't nah. trip over
6: his two feet i thought maybe he tripped like you know sometimes the turf will get you or you know you'll trip on your own two feet no none of that happened he like just th- fell down
3: one of those videos where they put uh, randy orton in there and he rkos somebody <laughs> yeah.
6: or, or the little ninja guy that slides across and cuts your feet out from under you
3: <laughs> yeah we needed somebody to make that video um so yeah the big bend oh gross the steelers are gross speaking of gross
6: and they are decimated at wide receiver as far as injuries go
3: uh another gross team is the jacksonville jaguars they lose at home to the cardinals 31 to 19 although in this game we did see a kick six that was sick 109 yard return for a touchdown by jacksonville right before uh halftime as justin tucker hit a 66 yarder they tried to hit a 68 yarder is that right and uh as you would imagine it came up short and it was returned for a touchdown by the jags that was their one highlight they were leading this game late but the cardinals outscored the jags 24 to 6 in the second half and arizona uh losing's
5: not so much fun is it trevor lawrence
3: oh yeah first three losses he's had and he's got a lot more coming by the way jags started 1 and 0 last year and the social media team put out not satisfied with 1 and 0 and they've lost every game since then. <laughs> they folks, you got to know when to be satisfied and not to get greedy. Jags got a little greedy, wanted more than one win. They haven't won since week 1 of 2020. Uh Broncos hammered the Jets 26 to nothing, a shutout as uh things not going well in new york either zach wilson two more interceptions that's terrible he's on
5: pace to break peyton manning's record
3: i did say that i like Has zach wilson broken. to have the most interceptions
5: no you you have always been a not a Zach wilson hater but you've you've said that he'll be a bust
3: yeah and that and could be strong but i am going with that take but especially this year like it's just there's not enough he's around set, him
5: yeah he was set up to fail this first year
3: no doubt no doubt no doubt about it. no doubt about it uh and the broncos are three and
5: oh
3: you don't trust the broncos
5: nah it's just they got a mediocre quarterback
3: (laughs) oh leave teddy alone all right Is sam Darnold mediocre
5: i'm not saying he is i'm not saying i'm asking you a
3: question answer it yeah So, Sam Darnold, you're putting in the mediocre category.
5: He's not shown so far this year that he's... I mean, he's thrown for over 300 yards his first three games. Yeah. I don't think that's mediocre.
3: It's not, but you just said he was. Sounds like you're arguing with yourself.
5: I am arguing with myself.
3: Will you you take it easy on yourself? Treat yourself with a little respect. It's just different vibes when the Panthers (laughs) haven't played on the All right, that's a good way to end this discussion. Uh, Early MVP candidate Derek Carr... And the Raiders picking up an overtime win over Shirley's Dolphins. Derek Carr, three hundred eighty-six yards, two touchdowns. He's balling. Absolutely have a pick.
6: maddening.
3: Yeah, that one. Uh, Jacoby Brissett ran in a touchdown and got a two-point conversion to force overtime to force the OT, and then uh, Carr and the Raiders able to win it. He also they had a fourth and twenty in overtime and completed it to Gusecki, the tight end, and they ended up. I believe, yeah, they got a field goal, then the Raiders came back hit another field goal to win it. So surely your dolphins are one and two.
6: I didn't expect them to play as well as they did. However, to lose by a field goal in overtime just drives me up a wall.
3: Those are tough. I'd almost rather lose like Washington did when you know it's yeah like done when you early. know it's
6: out of hand. You know you kind of just accept it. But they're easier to, to move know on that from. they had an opportunity to win that game and they didn't. Just drives me bananas.
3: Potential <laughs> NFC Championship match yesterday in LA, and the Rams wanted uh, big day for that Rams offense. They kept trying to hit Deshaun Jackson over the top. It didn't work the first two times. And boy, did it work uh, the third time. 75-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. Matt Stafford, loved him going into this year. Four touchdown passes for Matt Stafford. If you're talking MVPs after week three, and we'll see what Dak does tonight, but Stafford and Carr are the two of there, which you would not have thought maybe this time last year. I love Stafford when he got traded. I wanted him to Washington. Thank think you potentially wanted him in Carolina. Yes. He goes to LA and looks like the real deal. But you wanted I, him
5: before me, so I was, you know, very. I was hoping that he would end up in Washington.
3: I mean, man, it would be nice to have him right now. Yeah, it would be very. McLaurin? Nice. Oh, yeah, be deadly. We somebody get Terry the football. Vikings get their first win of the year, thirty to seventeen. Shout out to Blake Pro. He uh, he sounded a little <laughs> uh, depressed last week with all the late losses the Vikings have had with last-second field goals. They were definitely due a win, and they picked one up over the Seahawks, 30-17, three touchdown passes for Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook looked at as one of the top two, three running backs in football. He was out. Didn't play. Alexander Madison, 112 rushing yards wow. for Minnesota. That offense got cooking yesterday. And then last night... Even I thought there wasn't enough time on the clock.
5: 37 seconds. For, I would have no thought like, there's no time.
3: No timeouts. 37 seconds. rogers gets the ball. Not only does it happen, it's just rogers to Adams. rogers That's to it. Adams. That's the offense. Devontae Adams last night, 12 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. And Aaron Rodgers, 261, two touchdowns. They beat the 49ers, who it looked like the Packers had put him away several times kudos to the niners for coming back taking a uh a lead in that game but the packers get the last second field goal to win it 30 to 28 we will wrap up week three tonight right here on pirate radio with the cowboys and the eagles dallas to, a three and a half point favorite
5: do you want to go back and talk about the bears game
3: uh, yeah, we'll do that in hour three when Troy D. is alongside. We recapped it earlier, but we'll get his take. Maybe we need fresh eyes on it. Maybe that 1.1 yards per play they had yesterday wasn't as bad as it looks on paper. We'll talk about it with Troy D.
11: coming up in hour number three. I've got a nagging problem, and its name is Naggy. <laughs> <laughs> not good. Was that
3: supposed to be funny? <laughs> it's not funny for any Bears fan right no. now. You're laughing through the pain. I know. It's just masking it. Oh boy! Uh, we'll oh, talk man. bears. We will talk to Holden Nailers. We'll talk to C.J. Johnson and make you a winner in a big hour three on Pirate Radio Live here on a Victory Monday. We're back with you after these words.
0: listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center of Greenville's new extended care clinic is now open Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. so you can avoid the emergency department for any urgent orthopedic care for more information call 757-2663 or visit OrthoEast.com. east.com orthopedics east providing services to eastern north carolina and the pirate nation for more than 35 years now let's head back in to prl here's Clipper on. all
3: right hour three of this victory monday edition of pirate radio live clip rock troy d here inside
11: the pirate radio studios troy happy monday to you happy monday clip good to see you We've got our gray motif going on I don't, looking good somewhat complimentary yeah not totally matching but i'm a little darker you're a little lighter yeah but uh looks good looks good just noticed uh you sound kind of subdued You yeah i uh, you know i've just got to work myself back up into game mode all right you were kinda yelling on friday i was i was all fired up on friday and i'm still fired up hey pirates are two and two i put this out there last night we talked how many times did we talk about what would you take coming out of Non conference, yeah, and realistically, you know, obviously, you'd love to be four and zero. That probably wasn't realistic. Three and one but would be best awesome. Out, yeah, that would be a great scenario. But two and two, would you settle for two and two? When we talked, sure. You know, in May or June.
3: In fact, we said you almost have to be at two and two if you want to, to go to a bowl get to game. the promised land. which Right, right now is, is a bowl get game. Get to
11: a bowl game. Right. So we all and everyone we talked to was in agreement. Yep. Two, we'll take two and two right now. Yes. Knowing nothing else. Yes. Well, here we are. Yep two and two with a chance to go three and two this weekend let's do it we got enough with the negativity well no i know it's a a weird path we took and once again you were
3: yelling on friday about how if you don't crush
11: this team there's knocking i said friday if we don't throat stomp this team and if it's a close win our fan base will make it feel like a loss that is true. And it happened. That is true. We were lucky to get out with the W. Now, listen, I, they did what they had to do. They got the W. But it came down to the last play of the game. And if Charleston Southern gets another flea flicker here or there, and they score on that play, we're having a very different discussion today. That quarterback is terrifying. I'm still having nightmares about it's him. He's a great great athlete. But, um, you know— the Pirates won, so that, that's that's what they had to do. They've had a couple close wins now here back to back. They could have had three close wins back to back if they were able to take care of South Carolina. <laughs> I said all these games, the margin of victory and difference is going to be very thin, and this has been proven true.
3: I've seen but, a lot of people say, "Well, yeah, we could be zero and four, and then some people say, "Well, we, we could be three and one." We could be. You know? I mean, we, we
11: could be three and one. We could be zero and four. That's true. Both those statements are fair. Yeah. But the fact is, the Pirates are two and two. Let's move on. Let's go into conference play. Focus on Tulane. This is not, you know, once again, I think don't take Tulane lightly. We've learned don't take anybody lightly. Tulane's favored. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who's taking Tulane lightly? it's In fact, I've, I think we took uh, Charles the Southern lightly. Especially you, since you kept saying their name right. I know. I was calling them Georgia Southern. I was disappointed. I did
3: take them lightly. I got to say, I was disappointed I was to hear some of the players and uh, say that that kind of was the case. Now, they've kind of right. owned up to
11: it. Yeah. They, I, they I, took them uh, lightly. I thought this was going to be like a fifty to three game. I really did. I thought that on Friday. Uh, I think the ten, the two lane game will come down to the wire again, and I think it's going to be a close game. But I think the Pirates bounce. It's funny to say bounce back from a victory, but that's kind of how it feels, right? Yeah. I say the Pirates bounce back and win Saturday. And usually, I don't put my prediction out there till Friday. I'm telling you, I have a feeling again, just like I did before Marshall. I'm three and one on the season when it comes to predicting ECU wins and losses. And I feel East Carolina will win Saturday. And I'm just putting it out there now. I
3: hope uh, so that's the vibe I have, homie. I hope that feeling is right, homie. Uh, <laughs> Matt says the coaching staff will be rough on them this week, which should be good for Saturday. I don't know if you've heard our. Players' lounge interviews, but Xavier Smith pretty much uh, intimated that that this was not a typical win
11: uh, practice after a win. try right. on Sunday, I agree, and I'm glad to hear the coaches are. Yeah, they, I mean, I, and look, it's been said many times. I heard a lot of people say it in the fifth quarter. I heard Brian Bailey say it. I heard you say, it. "Look, th- are there plenty of things to clean up and fix?" Yes, absolutely, especially the unforced errors, the stuff that we can control, like the. The personal fouls and the stupid penalties that weren't like oh a questionable holding call or a pass you know, the stuff that's obviously that was dumb that you know sometimes these targeting calls could go either way and I think they're a little overzealous at times where it's not intentional let me just say that uh, maybe they rule it a targeting but that wasn't he wasn't trying to target the player that type of deal some of these personal foul calls though that's got to be cleaned up. Definitely,
3: and uh, Xavier and Smith says stuff. that was addressed by the yeah. coaches. That, uh, And I still don't know, how, how do you feel about the uh, the Keaton Mitchell when he's going into the end zone? You
11: know, the first time he did it, he waved, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. That was a couple games ago. It was We're, against Marshall, yeah. Mar- yeah, but it was two games a couple ago. games ago. He, I like the wave better than the deuces. For me, I thought the wave was kind of unique. I haven't seen a ton of people do that before. You see deuces a lot. I, but... I don't and he's doing it to our sideline. That's uh, So agree. I don't feel that it's taunting. It's not I just really think taunting, it's like hey, I, it's just kind of a I didn't I don't think that's out of line. I don't have an issue with it. I think it's kind of cool actually.
3: Uh but he did say I, after the game he I might I don't know if the coaches uh, agree with me. And he might have to cut it out because uh something else Xavier Smith and Bruce Bivens alluded to some things that went on this past Saturday might be called in the future because you start to get a reputation and say mm-hmm. Hey, watch out, this player's doing this. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, after the play, after the whistle stuff going you don't want on.
11: Some ref using that as an excuse. And to... going into a game saying they're I'm calling this. Right. And and like wanting to call it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought it's kind of cool and it because when he's doing it, he's on his way to a score a touchdown. And it's on so, our side, our fans, this yeah. Time, so I thought it was fine. I I thought it was pretty cool. It was right in front of my seats, actually. Um but I understand the coaches if they have an issue with it. Yeah. You know, but that to me that is not taunting a player. That's just kind of having fun going into the end zone. Yeah,
3: so. I mean, speaking of waving, uh, Antonio Gibson from Washington on Thanksgiving last year literally waved to a cowboy as he was running in the end zone, and I thought it was the coolest thing That's ever. Funny too. And, um, but when Mitchell did it, he was waving to to no one in particular or to right. our fans or whatever. I, yeah. So not a player, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, but that is something that we got some calls on, and uh,
11: it sounds like, according to the players, something they're going to be cleaning up this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be an energetic week of practice. And I do, as I said, I think the Pirates kind of bounce back if there is such a thing after a win. But you, I think most Pirate fans would understand what I'm saying. Uh, but I do feel a bounce-back victory off this victory is in store. And uh, then, if that's the case, Clip Pirates start conference play 1-0. And only three wins away from a bowl game.
3: With Navy, South Florida, and Temple still on the schedule.
11: Yeah. And I, I do believe six wins is attainable and will happen this year. Uh, you got
3: two desperate teams this Saturday, Troy D. Tulane, everybody probably saw what they did against Oklahoma. Yeah, they look good. And and since then, things have not, have looked not gone great. They yeah. rolled up 69 on Morgan State. That's fine. Yeah. But then they give up sixty to Ole Miss, Mm -hmm. and then they lose to UAB at home last week. UAB's a good team, a a bold team, but at home, you hope you can win that game. So they are
11: desperate right now. Right, both teams kind of desperate for a win. And uh, this could – it seems like every – I hate to say it, but every week it seems like it gets bigger and bigger. And not that it's a – I really did feel that Charleston Southern was a must-win for ECU. I mean, I just felt that they had to win that game. To keep the season alive and the motivation and the the bowl hopes and all that stuff, and we've talked to a lot of players. All their goals are still in front of them for what's realistic for this year. Um, Tulane's a big one for conference play. You know, this is a this is not Cincinnati. We're playing, you know, and they're not. As I said, they're not going to be easy. But this is one of those games at home that you gotta. You know, and we've seen spurts of East Carolina do it. I think you saw it in the second quarter this past weekend. You saw it in the fourth quarter against Marshall. You've seen it like you've seen That's this the team. problem. Those are could, the only two quarters we've seen. If they can it. put it together yeah. for four quarters, this team could be amazing. But they've got you know they've put it together in spurts. The challenge is how do you do it for four quarters? Looking for a three-game
3: win streak for the first time since. Since 2014. Is that right? I'm guessing. That's your guess. Oh, that's my guess. That's a question, not a. a if it's statement. not, I'll check 2015. If it's not 15, it's definitely 14. Uh, it has I, been a long go time. got to go back tro-
11: to Coach Ruff's tenure.
3: Yeah. Uh, and since the last time they had a winning record in October, Troy, you got to go back to 2015. Yeah. Uh, in 2015, they won a couple in a row, and that's it. So, yeah, 2014, Troy D. Yeah, it's been a long the time. The last time East
11: Carolina. Has won three games in a row. i have the games. Look, we, for you. we've Just got one. a lot of folks that have become pirate fans that that yeah. haven't even been here since then. You know, I mean, think about if you came to school at 2015, you've yet to see a, what a three game win streak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at 2015. So if you've been if you started East Carolina six years ago, you've yet to see this team win three games in a row. We've had people come and graduate
3: the. Oh, many. Yeah,
11: thousands.
3: Yep uh 2014 virginia tech north carolina smu south florida and connecticut five straight wins in 14. that is the longest winning streak uh we've had a high
11: of two wins in a row since that uh what seven years ago troy yeah and uh only a high of what four wins for a season which was last year with mike houston so uh yeah we got uh i mean it's not history Right. But
3: it, it's the ship is hopefully turning, and, and another sign of that, a big sign of that, would
11: be if they could take care of Tulane well, on Saturday. Well, I was talking with Glenn about this earlier. You know, I forget who said it. I don't know if it was Coach Houston or one of uh, Bailey or somebody, but I remember this was like a couple years ago. You know, at first you lose big, and then you try and get better, you start losing small, and then you, you get better, you, and then you start winning small, yeah. and then you get way better, and you can start winning big. Well, we're winning small right now. So on that continuum, we're not losing big anymore. We were, remember? We were losing big not too long ago. I remember. that was the fifth quarter. Then we started losing small. Now we're winning small. So we're, I mean, if you look at the big picture, I feel things are, you know, if you take a deep breath, Things are starting to move in the right direction. I know a lot of folks don't want to hear that, but that's just the way I see it. Yeah. Winning small against Marshall is different than winning small against Charleston Southern. Well, it's still winning small. It is. Right. It is a small so the next match. step is to win big. Yeah. But I'm fine with winning small this Saturday against Tulane. Absolutely. Ones. If they want to get a one-point win and sneak out of there, that's fine.
3: Yeah. Let's
11: just I, get I think, the dub. Yes. Yes. All right, uh, you want to hear from Holden Aylers? I do.
3: All right, we already did earlier today. We did. Now we'll let everybody else hear.
11: I thought it was a great conversation with Holden. I thought he was very open and honest. Well, you say it every time. You're like, man, that's one of the best ones. like, Troy, Holden's good every time. No, I know, but each week, I think, each week with us, he's getting better and better.
3: (laughs) You say, that's one of his better ones. I'm like, (laughs) well, he's
11: consistent. No, I know. I say that. One thing about
3: Holden Aylers, win, lose, good, bad, he is on a flat line, which is what you want from your quarterback. I thought he was excellent today i look forward to hearing it. listen i
11: look forward to hearing it again i thought it was so good
3: well let's hear how you and i did asking All right we'll questions. critique ourselves now and uh holton aylers as we talked to him earlier today inside the players lounge here's how it sounded let's head out to the fixed nc live line and talk to the starting quarterback of the east carolina pirates he is holton aylers joining us on a players lounge edition of pirate radio live holton how you doing today man good
7: how are you guys doing
3: doing, doing good. good appreciate your time as always holton I, I joked last week that, uh, boy, the offense really got going after being down 17 in the fourth quarter to Marshall. Maybe we should spot Charleston Southern 17 points. And uh, I wasn't being serious about that, Holden, but the team uh, did spot Charleston Southern 14 points, early 14 nothing deficit in that game, Holden. How do you take a, a smack to the face like that and respond uh, the way you guys were able to do in the second quarter?
7: Yeah, well, we didn't handle success well from the week before, and everyone telling us we're... We're all this and that. We're going to go out there and kill them, and we let it get to our head, and we just came out not ready to play. And uh, you know, to be honest with you, we played about one quarter of good football there, and the rest was not good football at all. So we just got to learn from it. Um, You know, we got out of there with a win, and we're two and two, and that's the main goal. But we definitely got to learn from that and and be better from it.
11: Holding this, Troy, how much of it was East Carolina not playing their at their best versus obviously Charleston Southern? I think playing at their best and, and really kind of exceeding expectations of what type of team they are.
7: Yeah, no, I mean, they're a good football team. Um, there's no doubt about it. You know, they played a really good game. They had a really good scheme and game plan coming in. You know, I mean, their offense, I think, was really impressive coming out the way they did in the tempo that they had and um, all of that. But, I mean, I mean, we weren't ready to play. I mean, it was pretty obvious we weren't ready to play. And like I said, we you know, we're lucky to get out of there with a win, but we did get out of there with a win. And, you know, that's the main goal. So we just got to continue to grow from it. You know, we're 2-2 two and two now going into conference play. And I don't know when the last time that was. We were 500. So we just got to – got to learn from it. Um, you know, anytime we can get a win, it's a blessing. So we just got to learn and get better from it.
11: Uh, I agree. I put it out there last night on, on Twitter that hey, look, at the beginning of the the year, we you know we pulled a lot of people during the summertime. So would you take two and two in uh, non conference play going into the conference season and everyone at the preseason everyone would be like heck yeah we'd we take two and two well here we are you know it might have been a weird path and how we got there but uh, hey look pirates have a lot to play for this season and still a lot tremendous potential this this past game this was like a yo-yo game it was kind of a crazy game where uh, ecu goes down to start the game big and then all of a sudden rallies back i believe it was 31 unanswered points if i remember correctly and then Charleston Southern comes back to uh, almost, you know, pull off a huge upset. What was it on the, you know, you're you're there, you're on the sideline watching it, and then you're on the field playing it. Uh, what was it with the emotions of this game for you guys like?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I mean, coming out, um, you could tell kind of early in the week that we didn't have as good of practices as we did, and we kind of were taking them lightly. And that's, you know, not the whole team. There was, you know, I mean, a few, you could just have that feeling that it was, not as serious as it should have been. And, um, you know, as leaders, as a team, we got to control that and fix that um, when we see it. So, I mean, it starts with me. It starts with, you know, some of the guys that are on the team that are leaders and the older guys. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we did get the win, like you said. I mean, if, if we came into this season and we're going to be 500 going into it with everything we want and every, every one of our goals in front of us, we'd take it. So, uh, you know, we're going to take it. We're going to learn from it. And um, you know, we're going to prepare for Tulane this week and go out there and put a good performance together.
3: Holden Aylers joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Holden, you, you break down your good plays and your bad plays after a game. I guess it's better to to look at interceptions after a win than as opposed to a loss. But it felt like you guys had an opportunity to kind of put them away, up 17, driving. You could go up 24, uh, but you're picked off in the end zone. What happened on, on that particular interception?
7: Yeah, D.B., um, you know, we had the perfect coverage for the play that we had called. The DB just attacked the ball and made a really good play on it, and their safety was there to to get the deflection there. But um, at the end of the day, every interception's my fault, and I've got to take blame for it. And the second one was definitely my fault. You know, I threw it inside. Should have thrown it more outside. But, um, you know, like you said, it's way better with a win, and, you know, it could have been a lot worse with a loss. So – you know, I'm going to learn from it. I know it can't happen. You know, I take full blame for it, and I'm just going to learn from it and be better. A
3: good play to watch back on film, Holden, is uh, the Conley Connection hooking up again. It was good to say, uh, see CJ finally get loose on a big one. You caught him uh, on a touchdown 60 yards uh, down the field, and uh, we've been waiting on that one. Holden, I know you guys have been waiting on that in 2021 as well.
7: Yeah, we have. You know, he's an incredible talent. Um, he's got so much potential, and you just got to put it all together and and go out there and have good performances, you know, I trust him. And anytime I can get the ball anywhere near him, I trust that he can make a play with it. Um, he yeah, has full capable of doing that. So just getting the ball to him, sneeding those guys as much as possible, so, you know, I think, um, you know, winning formula.
11: thought Mitchell had another great day too, obviously with that explosive run. And uh, the Pirate fans have seen his speed, just such a dangerous player as fast as he is.
7: Yeah, he's fast as anyone I've ever played with or played against. Um, he's incredible and, I remember talking in the spring when Aaron Jarman got here, a, a Temple tight end transfer, um, and I was just telling him, I was like if he was you know talking about the players and you know what was different from here in his old school, and I was just like just watch this kid, you know he's going to be special. And within the first two practices of spring ball, he was like yeah you're right, you know dang this kid is going to be something special, and um, he's done that this year. Um, he's got a lot of ball ahead of him. Um, he's got a long career ahead of him. You know, I mean, he's a special talent. I'm excited to see where he goes.
11: You guys got Tulane coming up this weekend. 3.30 kickoff Dowdy Ficklin Stadium for a homecoming game. The uh, crowd was great, I thought, last, uh, last game. The, 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 the fans really showed up. Obviously, it was a family day, too. I think hopefully it should be another great weather day, expecting an awesome crowd out there Saturday, too. What are your expectations going into Tulane? What do you see from them early on here?
7: Yeah, they got a good defense. Um, you know, they're a good team. Their record doesn't on how they really are. Um, you know, they've played really good teams. They played, you know, I mean, two top twenty-five teams and you know, really top fifteen teams um, in the country and played them well. They they played Oklahoma extremely well, and then you know, Ole Miss. They they didn't play as well, but Ole Miss is a really good football team as well. But I mean, they're a good football team. I mean, we felt like last year kind of got away from us. We didn't play the best, and we made it a close game in the fourth quarter. So. Um I'm excited to play them. I'm excited to, you know, face them and I think we match up well with them. So we just got to go out there and play well. You know, it's a it's a big game for us, you know, go 3 and 2. Um 1 and 0 in conference would be huge. Um especially in front of our home fans and we and we need those those fans to show out. Um it's a huge game for us, probably the biggest game of the year so far. So we just got to go out there and play good.
3: Touched on it there, Holden. This is the first time East Carolina can be uh, have a winning record this late in the season since, I believe, 2015. Certainly, since uh, since you've been here as the quarterback at East Carolina, Holden. So, when you see that, I, I mean, it gives you a whole lot to play for and a lot to be excited about, right?
7: It does. You know, like I said, you know, all of our goals that we set in preseason are still ahead of us. Um, they're still within reach, and, you know, we control our own destiny, and that's the way we want it. So, you um, just got to go there and take advantage of it. You know, we know that. You know, our conference is a good conference. We're gonna face quality teams each week, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we're a quality team, we're a good football team and we can just go out there and, and stack wins together and that's how you get to a bowl game.
3: Holding oh, no, and and before we let you go, back to back weeks for Jaquan McMillan, just huge second half interceptions. One came at the end of the game against Marshall, pick six in the third quarter against Charleston Southern. I'm curious, what's your what's your personal record like in practice with Jaquan? I got to imagine those are some good battles. He's probably got you a few times, and you're able to get him a few times. What's it like battling him uh, in practice?
7: Shoot, yeah, man. I mean, he he's one of the best corners in the country. Um, he has been since his freshman year, since he got, since he stepped foot on campus, and he's. He's a great guy. I mean, he works extremely hard. He doesn't say too much. He just works hard, keeps his head down and works. And he's a great leader for the team. But, yeah, I mean, I hate going against him in practice. You know, it's good for the receivers to go against someone like that. But, yeah, it it ain't too fun going against someone like that for me. Um, You know, having to put the ball exactly where it needs to be or else he's going to either pick it or knock it down. So, But it's good competition. You know, I mean, going against someone like that can only make you better. And, you know, that's what we've done.
11: Well, holden, good luck this Saturday for homecoming. Three thirty kickoff, as we mentioned. Tickets are still available for fans that uh, have not gotten theirs yet. Look forward to uh, seeing you out there again. And obviously, we'll catch up with you again next week inside the players' lounge. And uh, look forward to talking with you next time.
7: For sure, guys. Thanks for having me.
11: All
3: right, Holden Aylers inside the Pirate Radio Players Lounge here on a Monday, and uh, great interview with Holden Aylers, as uh, it is every week, Troy yeah. and. uh Little, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed that the guys admitted that they they just didn't have 100% going and take it fully serious last week. And I was worried about that coming off the Marshall win. But, you know, talking to the players and and Bailey and Jeff Charles had talked to Mike Houston. He said they'd had good weeks of practice, but it didn't sound like – it was good enough, certainly, and we saw it on the field uh, Saturday.
11: I think the players are human, just like everyone else Definitely. is, and uh, sometimes they, you see the opponent. And you're like, "Well, this should be a lesser opponent." It, it, it's what East Carolina's made a living on in the past, where teams overlooking ECU, thinking ECU is a lesser opponent. We got to be careful that that doesn't happen the other way around.
3: Yeah, and and look for me, I I was overlooking Charleston Southern. I've been really looking forward to this two lane game, a conference opener. Kind of a a barometer game to see where East Carolina is as a a team, a program in 2021. So I was overlooking them.
11: You were probably overlooking, them. but
3: but as players, uh, I was costing not to.
11: I just felt like this is the game. If you're going to roll up and really have a big win, this was a good opportunity to do so. And if you are focused and execute and do all the things you're supposed to do, I think you could have. But things got out of hand, and they found themselves in a hole. But I give East Carolina credit; they dug out of that hole and then there was another hole dug and they plumbed out of that one it was yeah there's too many holes for this game for my liking clip but
3: that that start to the game i i was worried about oh god it was a little shell-shocked yeah definitely yeah but then they rallied second quarter 31 unanswered points 31 unanswered yeah and it felt like you were like i said they were up 17 driving i was just about to uh to fire off a tweet like all right well it wasn't pretty to start, but well done,
11: Pirates. Let's get some backup in. Yeah. backups in. Let's go home. I was I was going to put out there, but people can take their my jokes the wrong way on Twitter. So I was, was going to say, remember Friday? I said well, they need to make sure that they run up the score on this one. We made a big deal about running up the score. I guess they were listening. It was just the wrong team when it was 14 nothing. It almost was 21 nothing at one point. I was like, I meant us run up the score on them, not the other way around.
3: I did put out there that I guess we can still get backups in if we're down by 45 yeah. instead of up by 45. Then
11: I said, Who's scheduling these non conference games? Dang when are God. we going to schedule some easy non conference opponents? I thought this was uh, one that, of them and that turned was out it was a tough one. Yeah. Matt, thank you for listening. He graded us out on the questions. A plus on the questions Bye. by Clip Brock and Troy D. Thank you, Matt all right i'll take it you struggle taking a compliment sometimes don't you thank you matt yeah i appreciate Thank it. you matt i appreciate that yeah. i did uh by the way brandon manning weighing in on the direct line and uh he did make a great the tailgate was a win uh also kenny curlin's weighing, big win for the game brandon can compliment take a compliment especially when he compliments himself so we've never lost a game when farm bureau is our cook now was that that wasn't the first time no so, so, so I guess he's undefeated when he does our tailgate. It's that way, accurate? great job by Brandon Manning with the food. Brandon, what I other not, games have, have you cooked? I not fact check that, but yeah. I'm going to trust he has. All right. So
3: undefeated with Brandon Manning at the tailgate. If that's the case, then you're going to have him out there Saturday, right?
11: <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to keep it rolling. Uh, if he wants to. Okay. Can, Brandon, we you better get back out. out
3: there with that cooker and all them chickens.
11: <laughs> yeah, it's a you can mix of, up the menu. It's if a you lot want. of work.
3: Yeah, maybe we need to change the menu around. But uh, we need you out there, man. You got to do whatever it takes to keep this uh, winning streak go- alive. Keep it yeah. going. All right. Uh, let's take a time out. Shirley, uh, let's go ahead and open up the booty bag here on a Monday. Make somebody a winner. Booty,
6: booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, booty, booty,
3: booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250 is your number to call in. And, Shirley, what are we giving away on this Monday?
6: How about a uh, $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company?
3: ENS Hemp Company, a $25 gift card. It can be yours if you are caller number
6: 10.
11: Caller 10, 317-1250. Hey, Cliff, we'll hook up with uh, C.J. Johnson on the other side of this break inside the Players' Lounge coming up in just a couple minutes. We were
3: waiting on it. We finally got it. Aylers to CJ on a big play. We saw it Saturday, and we hope to see it a lot more in 2021. More to go when we return back inside the Players Lounge with CJ Johnson after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA. USA on 505 South Memorial Drive, make up to $1,000 in a month, and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA, a better donor experience, and better pay. And congratulations to Dixon Davis of Washington. Picked up a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. Are you one that has been waiting before trying CBD? ENS Hemp is the area's leader in CBD, and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at ESHempCompany.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock.
3: Already back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Dixon Davis, you say? The old bed breaker. The, the bed, bed breaker. breaker. <laughs> Still, uh yeah. after all these years, tuned Once a bedbreaker, always a bedbreaker. And uh winning prizes here on yeah. Pirate Radio. Good awesome. stuff. Congratulations, Dixon. All right, uh we will head out to the Fixed N C Live line, continue on our Pirate Radio Players Lounge with CJ Johnson, East Carolina wide receiver. He joins us today on the Fixed N C Live Line. CJ, how you doing, man?
12: I'm doing good. How are you?
3: Hey, doing great. Appreciate your time as always. CJ, you've been having a few catches here, a few catches there. We've been waiting on the big one, and we finally got it on Saturday night, the old Conley connection between Ehlers and Johnson, hooking up for a uh, 60-yard touchdown. I know that one felt good. CJ, you've been waiting on it too, right?
12: Oh yeah, man. I've been, I've been waiting on that moment for a little while now this season. And um kind of upset it didn't come a little bit earlier, but you just got to stick to it and trust the process
11: cj this is troy we're taking a look back at last weekend against charleston southern hey look a win's a win and uh i know you got to cherish those but obviously you guys probably would have liked to have a little more margin of victory than uh than you had what's been the talk with uh, the players and the coaches after saturday
12: oh yeah most definitely coach Houston told us like we definitely got to celebrate the win but we got to get back in the lab too because we can't like a team like not not. Putting that team down in any way, they were a good team, but like that game is supposed to be not decided by three points, and we just have to we just have to execute better on the offensive end to put up more than thirty-one points a game.
3: As we've said, CJ, much easier to learn from your mistakes after a win than a loss, right? You'd much rather do that. Oh
12: yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, like you said, it's so much better because you can. You can go into the film with a clear head but also knowing that you have that you have correction that you have to make too
3: cj we've asked all the players today i'll, I'll get your perspective on it down 14 to nothing uh, obviously you guys didn't panic uh you came out and had a monster second quarter so how about that turnaround and, and how, how do you you know flip momentum that fast it really flipped from their side to your side there in that first half
12: well, I can well I can honestly say that uh and not and all and all, all of our teammates know like we in the first quarter we didn't come out and play. like we weren't we weren't ready to play and and when in the second quarter when the second quarter uh started i get everybody flipped that switch everybody everybody turned it on and that just goes to show you what we can do if we just play with it on all the time
11: yeah, we were talking about that earlier, CJ. About you know, we've seen sparks and quarters where East Carolina has looked fantastic. We've seen other quarters where Pirates haven't been able to put it together. What what is the missing piece to be able to do that for four quarters straight? Do you think?
12: Um, I just feel like, uh, like I said, I feel like we just got to get in the lab, and we just uh, we just got to keep building the brotherhood that we uh, that we are building currently. Like just just knowing that the man next to you is going to be playing for uh, for you as well.
11: How big is it going into conference play now? You know, uh, Having a chance to get Tulane at home in front of uh, a homecoming crowd should be another great crowd just like it was last Saturday. I think the actually the crowds and the fans at Dowdy Ficklin have been awesome so far this year. It's been great to see uh, the fans back in the stands. I think they've done a great job to show up in a big way. Uh, to be able to start conference play, you know, if you could find a way to be victorious over the Green Wave to start 1 and 0 and then move this program to 3 and 2, that'd be another huge step in the right direction in my opinion.
12: Oh man, when we get when we get this win Saturday, it's going to be a uh, program changer. Like this is it's going to uh, it's going to be what we needed for a, little, a while to turn the program around.
3: CJ last year Tulane knocked off East Carolina 38 to 21. They they're known for having a pretty stingy defense. What do you uh, remember about the Green Wave, and what have you uh, begin to look at for them uh, in this year's version of that defense?
12: Oh man, they um, they definitely they definitely had athletes, but I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like they had any better athletes than we had. We just didn't put the we just didn't put the tools to work to beat them. So and we're coming uh, we're coming back this year playing the same DB group we played last year. So you know that's that's always good because you know about them.
3: CJ Johnson four catches 79 yards in that game last year against the Tulane Green Wave. Tyler Sneed, five for 46 and a touchdown. So you guys had some success against them last year, something hopefully you can build on. And and like Troy said, we've seen it uh, in in the fourth quarter against Marshall, the second quarter against Charleston Southern. You had done a good job, the the Pirates, CJ, of scoring the first touchdown in every game up until Saturday uh, against Charleston Southern. So I know fast starts are something you want to get out to. How, How important is that for you against a team like Tulane on Saturday?
12: Oh man, that that's really important because that's gonna that's gonna determine the momentum of the game. Like all during the game, there's gonna be ups and downs in momentum, but the first person to punch the other person in the face, he he dictates the momentum of the game right then and there.
11: CJ, I heard uh, Coach Houston talk last week. I think there was a one day they I don't want to say lost a practice day, but because of the rain and the weather, it kind of got disjointed. Um, and it was one of the most important days of the week. And I'm not using that as an excuse or blaming that as why the Pirates didn't play to their potential. But I am just stating that as a fact that did happen last week. This week I'm looking and it looks like it's just absolutely beautiful weather. Uh, it's going to be in the 70s or 80s every day, sunny skies. And it's going to be absolutely gorgeous game day. That last week when the, with the weather condition, we've you know, I heard Coach... Houston, talk about the need for an indoor practice facility. How how disruptive is it when you're out there, and then all of a sudden, whether and if it's a lightning issue, you have to go inside. If it's just raining, you can practice in the rain, and sometimes you have to play in the rain too. But how how much of a factor was that last week, kind of being disrupted on maybe the big install day?
12: Well, I mean we uh we still got to practice in that day. Uh, it was a little it was a little uh, unoriented like usual. But yeah like that plays a big part in it, especially on a Tuesday um, because Tuesday is a heavy install heavy mental this heavy everything because that's um, that's when you really that's when you really start the plan of the team that you're playing so uh, with an indoor private facility being able to um, just go inside whenever it starts thundering and lightning would be
3: cj johnson joining us on the fixed nc live line cj two wins in a row uh let's try to make it three coming up this saturday man
12: yes sir (laughs) that's the plan
11: appreciate you joining us today all right we'll see you uh we'll see you again next week cj all the best man
12: all right thanks for having me
3: man. ecu receiver cj johnson joining us got loose for a big one on saturday the big plays has not been a problem for this team, Troy. It's been more of sustaining drives. I yeah. mean, Keaton Mitchell, 74-yarder. CJ, 60-yarder. Sneed had a 31-yard catch. Even uh, you look at uh, Rick Smith, real and knows that uh, he looks at 15-plus-yard plays, Troy, and yep. East Carolina had a bunch of those, including a Rajay catch, a Calhoun catch. So that's not really been the issue.
11: The issue's been sustaining those. Uh, too many three and outs, things like that. Yeah, I've had some good explosion plays. Yeah. It is just kind of the routine stuff, that uh, the shorter stuff that they've somewhat struggled with at times
3: all right let's uh let's get another break in we'll come back um we still have time troy we have enough time to talk about the bears yesterday yeah, No, we're running short clip uh tom's getting away from us here i mean not to rub it in but just historically bad numbers offensively i mean it was offensive and troy the is offense. already on the fire mat naggy i mid-wagon. didn't say
11: that i didn't say it, but i do have an opinion on it uh um, didn't you literally tweet read my tweet go back and read it that's unfair accusation. Now you're putting out fake news.
3: Troy loves Matt Nagy. I, that is not <laughs> fair either.
11: Go go read what I put out there.
3: Uh, all right. I will reread Troy's tweet. Unfa-
11: that is unfair.
3: It's not easy being a Chicago Bears fan, and it's getting harder and harder to defend Nagy. Maybe he can still turn it around this season, but time is running out quickly. I'm still pulling for him and hoping to prove everyone wrong.
11: And then I retweeted a guy that was – calling for a media guy ah, maybe that's what it was that's was actually, what I was looking at now that the guy I retweeted that was my opinion Jacob Infante but I thought it was interesting that they had media people in Chicago already calling for
3: his head now what are you buddies with Nagy that's a very uh, mild mannered take from you read Troy. this guy's take very Jerry. unlike Troy. his take was the Bears have never fired a head coach in the middle of the season let alone this early if there's any time for them to break that streak though it's now Matt
11: Nagy's is not the answer I mean, I'm warming I'm to that. I'm more on his side than your I'm, side. I'm warming to that opinion. <laughs> Yikes. 47 yards on offense is not going to get it done in the NFL. Um, there was a lot of uh, – I saw that Justin Tucker's
3: field goal was much longer than the Bears had total offense. Aaron Rodgers' last
11: drive was – I was going to show you this story <laughs> during the break. I just saw this online on uh, USA Today uh, with the Bears – people are now apologizing to Mitch Trubisky, Bear fans are, after seeing Matt Nagy do wrong by Justin Fields. So they're now realizing it's not just a quarterback issue. It's a it probably is a Nagy issue at this point. Man,
3: I hate to take the bus off of you, roll it over my team. It got so bad for Washington yesterday. Mitchell Trubisky was running on the Washington defense yeah. for the Buffalo Bills. That's how <laughs> bad it got. Alright, let's take a timeout. We'll come back have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this.
6: you need for hunting home defense and personal protection including a wide variety for ladies and youth carolina caliber will buy sell and trade carolina caliber locally owned and operated since 1960 on fire tower road in winterville now let's head back into prl here's clip on
3: back with you on fire radio live here on a monday we've had a, a ton on our bud light ecu report today inside the players lounge and recapping east carolina's 31 to 28 victory over Charleston Southern, a uh, big NFL Sunday as well. Troy D., our buddy, Touchdown Tony Collins, was in Foxborough. Didn't he guarantee a win, by the way? I believe he did. I was about to do that on up. Thursday. He had a guarantee he for He almost ECU. lost that, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which there was hey, some butt-naked <laughs> stuff going Thank God on. ECU won, because even me didn't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> well. We could, We we don't know hundred percent about that. You, you really seem to like Tony and the idea.
11: Anyway, I just like making him have to say it, but I don't really want to see it.
3: He's already got one busted from Week One yeah. of the college football season. We're gonna have
11: to put mayo on his head from the Duke Duke's Mayo Bowl. We got to do that, and yeah. now
3: he has another busted already with the uh, the Patriots. Yeah, what did uh, you
11: decide to do with the Patriots? I don't were?
3: know if we ever uh, what we uh, we might have came up with something. I have to go back and listen. But uh, that's too busted yeah. in the first Mr. few guarantee weeks. Mr. Guarantee
11: has been busted, guarantee, and now he's got Tom Brady coming uh, to Foxborough. You know, he's looking his chops this Sunday, and he's got a little extra fuel because
3: of what happened yesterday. Tony was feeling good about Mac Jones, uh, the rookie quarterback. Troy, uh-huh. as you were about your rookie quarterback, I was, and I still am.
11: I, I don't. I'm not pinning this on the quarterback.
3: Okay, uh, but Mac Jones had three picks on Sunday, and Bill Belichick was asked about that. Uh, what yeah. did you see from the pigs mm-hmm. and uh, Shirley? Can we hit that again,
7: Bill? What did you see on uh, Max uh, interceptions? Well,
11: same thing you saw. There you go. So it was a and that was a and that was, was a well. <laughs> what, how did that guy answer that? Did he? Did the reporter answer him? Well, he didn't ask him a question. Probably the same thing you saw. That, that was it, and then they asked the next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, he was grumpy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, not. Mm. Uh, mm. I didn't know if he was having like an old man moment there.
7: On Max
11: interceptions. He could have been having a stroke if you didn't know any different. Mm. Like, mm. Mm. like i miss tom okay. oh that's gonna that's gonna be uh salt in the wounds for the patriot fans when tom brady heads back there and probably lights him up
3: let me see uh where brady is because not only set is he record. gonna come back and beat the patriots he's gonna set the all-time oh, yeah. passing record you know it's gonna happen uh, and how
11: appropriate to do it in foxborough
3: i mean gotta give credit to the nfl and their schedule makers <laughs> yeah. for for really timing it out like yeah, that's this a great script Uh, Drew Brees, let's see. Let me get the official numbers. Troy D for coming up. Uh, Drew Brees, 80,358. Tom Brady is uh, less than 100 yards away. Oh, yeah. He could have a terrible game and still beat it. Might get it in the first half. He could. What, do you think they stopped the game?
11: Uh, I don't know what the... I remember is, broke a record against
3: Washington they, they, on Monday night football. Yeah, and then
11: they, and they do it did at a the s- next break or something? Or they stop the game or do it at a breaking point? I think they stopped the game. I do remember them recognizing yeah, it. Yeah. Because they gave him like a sheet of paper. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Here you go. So through. what's the protocol once it officially happens?
3: Do you I think in Foxborough, they'll probably have a full blown celebration. <laughs> yeah. but, but what about It the may other, be a sit down deal. The other players. It'll be and a everything?
11: luncheon. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah they'll i guess they'll recognize it i'll, I'll tune in for that what is the when is that game by the way is that primetime? nfl made it sunday night football yeah that's what i thought perfect
6: the funny thing is is i was just going through twitter and uh some guy named jake not from state farm but in boston bought a billboard on just south of gillette stadium and the billboard says the owl is no longer wise without his goat Ooh,
11: yeah shots at belichick yep you know, Clip, here's a guy who's going to break the record on his old home field.
3: A little high pitch, but yeah, not a bad Collinsworth. Sorry. I wish John Gruden was still calling games Yeah, Because, man, what would he I say? tell about you it? what, man. That was probably the worst
5: Chris Collinsworth I've ever heard in my life. You man. just
3: sounded more like Ron Jaworski there than Collinsworth. Yeah, yeah you may want to work on your... Uh, or their, was uh, that wasn't Collinsworth. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say uh you ever talk to don jaworski no man <laughs> you could be don gruden and y'all could have it's a just look. a different vibe man <laughs> <laughs> uh chucky's three and oh with the raiders somehow some way so i know that's pretty cool
11: broncos are three and a las vegas raiders yeah the raiders i saw uh and now all the away teams are like packaging up like i got to think from the bears Go see the Bears in Vegas. Like, it's a selling point now. Like, huh. you know, they're doing, like, packages and stuff because it is a cool trip to go to Vegas. Yeah. So they're selling that away game like a special deal for Bear fans. They're doing giveaways, tickets and stuff.
3: It is amazing Sweet how states. quickly the NFL has embraced the gambling side of things. Yeah. Uh, after being opposed to it for so long, and now stadiums
11: have advertisers My, that work for book, sports books and I remember being... Casinos. A uh, young Troy D and my dad Lee D said, "If it wasn't for ga- uh, if it wasn't for the gambling and bookies, nobody would even care about the NFL." Like that was, he said that decades ago, and he's right. Like uh, th- what built the NFL was gambling. People, it was easy to gamble in the games. People understood it, and it was embraced. And there was a huge you know, black market of, of gambling. There probably still is. I guess but they now, tried to nowadays mask it. it's almost legalized. They
3: anymore. masked it with a little bit with fantasy football, like yeah. hey, we this just, is kind of gambling, but it's like, not gambling, so we can talk about this.
11: Now it's just full blown spreads over. Fantasy football has ruined the game for like my kids. Like when I grew up you pulled for a team. Yep. You pulled for the skins. I'm yep. a Bears fan. Guess what my kids pull for now? Whoever they drafted. That's it. I, I, that's it. They watch games to watch players and only players.
3: It's a different they, generation.
11: They're, they're, now, they still like the Bears, but they're more worried about their fantasy players. Yeah. It has completely, I don't want to say ruin the game. In some ways, it, it's, it's it's changed. Made it, it's made it more interest for them because then they're glued Sunday to how their players are doing. Now that doesn't mean they're watching all the games, but they're definitely tracking it on their phones.
3: That's what baseball, you know, baseball needs to find a way to tap into that. Because they're losing. Well, didn't it?
11: Fan- I mean, really, the fantasy stuff started with baseball many years ago. But the season is so conf- long; it was confusing. It takes hard.
3: it takes way too long to get your payout and everything. Correct. Uh, they need to they need to figure out, and they they have the daily fantasy stuff, but yeah. they need to figure out a way to get the younger. It's, generation.
11: as I in. said. It's it's just like gambling betting on a baseball game versus football. It's just easier to understand how to bet for the regular person how to bet a football game.
3: Shirley, let's get our last break in real quick. Uh, Red Beard is a P1 listener. Uh, he said, Tony has to wear a tutu to the next home That's game. right.
11: You did say tutu. Yeah. And it was something about doing the... But cool. Was that for the Patriots or for the Pirates? Or oh, the I, I wonder if we could combine the tutu with the, the man event and we could have one big event at the tailgate. Two birds, one song? He comes in with the tutu and... We put mayonnaise on his head. Walks in with a two-two leaves with mayonnaise on the head. That
5: was for the ECU Charleston Southern game. Yeah. he yeah, said had, had, had to do the Charleston. But
3: I don't know if we, we said for both. I, uh, I don't know. He's got to go do
11: something yeah. for the Patriots loss. This
3: is a good way to do it. Uh, Tony Collins will join us Thursday. Yeah. He'll be in town. He said he is. So we'll uh, talk to him on Thursday about uh, all of that. Take a time out. Come back. Wrap up Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. You are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your uh, stock market report. The Dow was up 71 points and closed at 34,869. The NASDAQ is down 77 at 14,969, and the S&P was down 12 points at uh, 4,443. and that is a look at your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. And taking a quick look at your Buck scoreboard, is Eagles-Cowboys for Monday Night Football. You can hear that game right here on Pirate Radio right after the Brian Bailey Show coming up in just a couple of minutes, and we'll have that coverage beginning at 730. And that's a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Da, Back to you, clip.
3: Dub. buck da buck Brian Bailey and Coach Ruff, Ruff and McNeil, coming up if you're listening to our live edition. Also, Steve Ellis,
11: cornerback's coach for the Pirates, Troy Day. Did also like to thank our friends at Sub Dogs, right around the corner from us in uh, Greenville on, on Fifth Street. Um, by the way, serving their sub crushes up at club level this year. I've talked to a lot of people that are enjoying those and uh you can visit with holt nailers ecu quarterback after every home game at sup dogs and i had a chance to go and visit there friday night after Freeboot. had dinner me and the weave had dinner at sup dogs friday night you saw some celebrities that were even bigger than you did. and then uh hv3 was there harold warner having a great time so you never know who you're gonna see at sup dogs man it's a great place man Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, So thanks to SubDogs for their support. Of course, you can go there and enjoy yourself, too. I think I might try and hit it again. Troy
3: D., we will see you Friday here on the show. Look forward to it. I'll see you at 3 o'clock. And we'll be back with you Tuesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rose, Chandler Honeycutt, Troy D., and our
0: Pirate Radio crew and Pirate Radio athletes. I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody.